Hi everyone, welcome to Scarf Resort Radio. Yes, hello, welcome. I'm Kelly, I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Fraser. And I am Harrison. And we are talking about one of the films of all time. <laughs> one of one of the films that, that is uh, available. Yes, it's, it's Attack of the Clones. Do you know, if we went into Dungeons and Dragons saying we're watching this film so you don't have to, this film is... This is really... This is, we're watching this to remind you never to watch this again. Take our sacrifice. Yes, <laughs> and never go back. Just don't go there. I think I'm going to have a warmer reception to this film than these two, but um, it was Ooh, slightly... Um... I have a different opinion. I like Star Wars films. They're shite. You do like shit Star Wars films. This is confirmed. Listen, mm. you two fuckers subject me to a lot of bullshit, including taking my love of Dungeons and Dragons and then showing me that <laughs> war crime of a film. All right? I will not hear hey, of this now. Harrison, coin, uh, coin in the jar. Let's... Damn it! <laughs> I got jarred. You got jarred. Um, okay. So, we're going to be talking about episode two, Attack of the Clones, starring Hayden Christensen mm. and Ewan McGregor with the best mullet of all time. Let's I, get into it. I find it. it really strange. In Attack of the Clones, he seems so different, like obviously different to Phantom Menace, but in Revenge of the Sith, Ewan, McGre- Ewan McGregor is doing like his impression of Alec Guinness. Feber, whereas in this he's just Ewan McGregor. So there's like a huge difference in the characteristics between those two films, which I find fun. Yeah, I think the idea is that he's slowly becoming more yeah, Guinnessy as yeah. he's like he's deliberately making those choices each film. Yeah. But um, but in this one he doesn't seem like like it's even the same person who could evolve into Ben Kenobi. It's just he's this guy and he's like, Hello, Dex, and he's got his cute little like He's less of a bastard compared to Phantom Menace. Oh, Phantom Menace, yeah. yeah. He, he, no, 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 look, you don't, look, I'm going to get into this like a lot, but like, he doesn't have a character in Phantom Menace. This is true, he doesn't. And then George Lucas was like, oh shit, I need to do Obi-Wan. And then he yeah. just kind of said to like, Ewan McGregor, go do cool buddy cop things with Anakin and it's going to be great. There's no planning in this film. I'm telling you, there's nothing. Is it a problem that everyone's character development happens off screen? There's no character development. Well, there, Everyone no, is assassinated there, in their character there, there in this film. There is implied character development, isn't there? Someone roll the, the, the starting intro. I need to get this aneurysm over and done with. <laughs> There is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intention to leave the Republic. It's politics! This entire film is politics. The separatist movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Wrong. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the critical issue of creating an Army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. Wrong. So I'm just I'm just saying it now. This is space Brexit and Count Dooku is Nigel Farage. Oh, you said the last one was space Brexit. No, but this one is you even more space Brexit. You can't have every Star Wars film be space Brexit. It's space... It's a separatist movement leaving the Union to form their own better trade dispute shit. Hmm... This is true. The, the, also, the reason I said that so weirdly is because Army of the Republic is in all caps. All capitals. For some reason. Just, yep, out of the blue. Right, out of the blue, who are the Separatists? Who the fuck is Count Dooku? Right. Why are we talking about trade again? Yes. 
Did they not learn? From the Phantom Menace and no one gives a damn shite. It's called Star Wars. Yeah. It's about wars in the star. But how do wars start, Fraser? With trade disputes. Apparently, all wars start with trade disputes. Shall we go into the film and get yeah. this fucking nightmare over with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do it. Right, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. It starts in the title crawl saying the, the Jedi are under threat. They're overwhelmed. In what way? Yeah. What, uh, uh, what, in what way are they actually overwhelmed? There's no, there's no fight going on. <laughs> They're all just sat in Palpatine's office talking about, oh, the Separatists are breaking off from the Senate and the Republic. This is bad. It does not fucking concern them. They're, they're training small children to become keepers of the peace. You are correct. It's wrong. It's just... They, Look, this no, no, this no, no, story no. is is just unobtainably horrid. It does not make any sense. It's like when you have, you know, one of the political parties saying crime is out of control. The police are overwhelmed. This is it. The Jedi are like the police, right? Space wizard cops. Space wizard cop. First scene that doesn't make sense. The assassination attempt on oh my God. Uh, Padme. So her ship lands. She gets halfway off the ship. The ship blows up. Yes. Now my question is... If you were going to assassinate a senator mm. when they landed on a planet and the bomb definitely blows up from inside the ship, yes. why didn't you blow it up in orbit? Mm. Mm. In the vacuum of space? Mm -hmm. Plot pointium. Plot pointium. I think we, we... Should we have a ding every time something nonsensical bullshit happens? No, because it would just sound like... It'd be a bell. Hector at the end of like Breaking Bad just ringing and the then, bell. And then the fucking body double has the audacity to look Padme in the eyes and go, I failed you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You did exactly what you were supposed to do in that you died instead of the senator. This is true. Also, that's Corday, by the way, who I mentioned in our Phantom Menace Yeah, episode. bye, Corday. Rip in peace. She doesn't even look like her, by the way. No. No. Uh, close enough to blow her up, I guess. They just didn't want to get Kira Knightley back for it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, also that like R two D two is still just like Jay chilling with Padme. Mm. He's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I like, I'm I like around. that. We kept that it's one also, ja janitor droid. It's a massive explosion, and Padme is on the landing yeah. dock, and she just is not affected by this. What what what's strange is Padme after this goes, oh, I knew I shouldn't have come back for this vote. Like she's the senator for Naboo now. She has come back to the Senate for this vote on whether or not to create an army. There's this gridlock in the Senate, right? Why can't she like dial in? Or, like, be a hologram and cast her vote? Do they not have postal voting in the fucking future or whatever? Like, Maybe it needs to be an in-person thing yeah. for the sake of making sure it's really them. Absolutely insane. Also love that they can make the queen become a senator. Can you imagine if our queen, <laughs> when she failed her reign, was like, no, I'm going to be prime minister now? Well, actually, it's like having your PM become your EU representative, right? Well, as we've been hearing, David Cameron has returned to politics as the new foreign secretary. Yeah, because the, the Queen as a title is still effectively an elected leader. It is, yeah. Oh, they have a term limit as well. They so, tried... Oh, this is such boring... Just, can we move they on? They tried to I... amend the Constitution! I don't care! I really don't care! That's... But Fraser, they tried to amend the Constitution! Oh, I don't give a no shit. No one cares. All right, cool. So, they try and blow her up. We then end up in a, in a great little meeting of... Yes. A, it's like... 20-something Jedi having a chin whack with Chancellor Palpatine. Supreme Chancellor Palpatine. Right, It's sorry. in his office, and Mace Windu says the prime suspects for the bomb on Padme's ship are disgruntled spice miners from the moons of Naboo. At this point in Star Wars canon, I don't think spice has actually been established as what it is, but now, 
from all the other stuff that's come out since, Spice has been established as like uber narcotics, mega opiates. Yeah, but like Spice, Spice is like a long running sci-fi trope in a lot of different sci-fi media of effectively being both a narcotic and a fuel in like Dune and other such mediums as well. But in Star Wars lore, it's, it's it is Wars... basically an opiate. It's used for medicines, it can be, or yeah. it's massive drug farm yeah. territory. So that's interesting. Fun, fun fact about that as well. I looked up the spice miner thing. Turns out it's the disgruntled spice miners is because they're the the actual miners, the laborers, are being mistreated and are trying to unionize. Oh, good. So it's basically the Jedi saying, yeah, the cops here think that it's the damn unionists trying to get rights for their labor. I will be keeping a, an internal log for the viewers of, of things that turn up in this film that are not explained in any way, shape or form. We've had Separatists, we've had Count Dooku, we've now had Spice. That's three and we're four minutes in. Yeah, but also, Fraser, are you going to keep a log of things that don't need to be explained that are explained in excruciating detail? That will be a separate list, yes. <laughs> Do not worry. Exhibit A, midichlorians. Which, thankfully, they don't go into in this film. Nope. No, they left that forever in episode one and never went back yeah, to exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Mundi has a brief line in this office scene where um, someone mentions Count Dooku and the Separatists and Mundi stands up for Dooku and says, no, 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 no. He's not a murderer. He's a political idealist. I don't care. There we go. I mean, political idealists, classic murderers. No one has ever been murdered about politics, as far as I'm aware. Mm, no. No, def def no. Definitely not. Don't look at the news. There's so actually a really funny point where Yoda, like, Padme comes in and Yoda's like, oh, Padme, it's so good <laughs> to see you. Your heart, my heart is warmed yeah. by your appearance. I'm so glad you're safe. Padme just completely fobs him off. <laughs> just goes, yeah. fuck you, Palpatine. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to be killed. So Palpatine recommends assigning Obi-Wan to Padme's security detail. Yoda's like, well, no, I don't think this is a good idea. But Mace Windu's 100% down for his, oh, yeah, this great timing. He just got back. Perfect. And he's got his, his apprentice Anakin. Can we, can we talk about how, obviously, Mace Windu, Sam Jackson. Yes. The most criminally underused representation of Samuel Jackson as an actor possibly ever. Yeah, he's just the dullest in this film when Samuel L. Jackson is fucking Oscar worthy. In the name of the Galactic Senate of the Republic. The fact that this mother is not serving time in some federal penitentiary is a huge hot heaping pile of horse. Christ the Jedi is born in that we have, uh. <laughs> we have Kenobi turn up with the most beautiful mullet you've ever seen mm. and looks like white Jesus on various <laughs> bits of conservative media. Yeah, to the extent where there's that meme of someone went round their conservative grandma's house and replaced all the framed photos of Jesus with photos of Obi-Wan Kenobi and she didn't notice. No. And yet... He's not the chosen one. He's not the one that will bring balance to the force. It is baffling that, isn't it? <laughs> Instead, it's this rat-tailed boy. <laughs> so Anakin and Obi-Wan are in a lift going up to Padme's apartment and they're having banter in the lift, which I quite like. They're talking about like, you know, things they've done before and farting around and, you know, having guy jokes. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's buddy cop. Like, yeah, it's nice. Characters. It's nice. And then we smash cut from that to me immediately retching because it goes to Jar Jar Binks straight away. <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that Jar Jar Binks looks to camera and smiles? Yeah, I did. I'm back. I also noticed him saying, I'm busting. And it's like, mm, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jar Jar. Love that. 
I will say the CGI on him on him is better this time. It is better. And I, I think it's because you see less of his flesh. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got long flowy robes. They can do cloth physics. Yeah. They they rock up. Obi-Wan bows when he meets Padme and it's all very formal. Anakin stands in the background staring at her like a fucking lemon. This is the, the least charismatic person in the planet. Before that point, there is a wonderful line that Obi-Wan says, which is, do not worry, Senator. Our presence here will go unnoticed. When both of them are in the most Jedi outfits to ever <laughs> Jedi. It's like, how unnoticed? You're both dressed like brown bathrobes. This film has a shocking definition of subtlety. Later on, Padme has to disguise herself as a refugee for some fucking reason. And her disguise is... All of her normal clothes, massive headdress included, covered with a bright orange dress. Mm -hmm. It's like subtlety. You have not heard of it. Anyway. Yeah, she, no, no, no. she's constantly in this film dressing like various representations of the Virgin Mary, which I, I think is not by accident. Oh, God. I hadn't thought of that angle. I thought her outfits in this film were pretty decent most of the way through. Better than the tentacle headdress thing. They, they look great. Yeah. But they definitely also look like... She's meant to be somewhat haloed at all times. George does his same bullshit as he did in the original trilogy, by the way. The no bras in space thing, which infuriated me to no degree. So they introduce themselves to Padme. Anakin the incel. Anakin the incel Skywalker says, Oh, you've grown more beautiful every day I've dreamed of you. Oh, let me let me smell you. Oh, your hair. Oh. It's awful. I want to die whenever I see him Again, on screen. I, if you watch these two films and you're not aware of what's happened, you've gone from seeing Anakin as a nine-year-old yep. in Phantom, and then you've seen Padme, who you presume is like early 20s, but like is actually 14 in the film for some unknown reason. Then you get to this film and she Anakin is like... She was 14? She's like canonically the, the, 14 or canonically, something. Canonically. Uh, Natalie Portman was 16? Something like that. I would check this, but I don't uh, care enough but, to, to yeah, check on Yeah, Natalie Portman was 16, but um, no, Queen... Queen Amidala yeah. was meant to be 14 and now she's 25 and he's 19. What psychopaths elect a 14-year-old to be the head of state and then um, try to amend the constitution later so they have more terms in office? What is happening? Is that like a really popular live stream of her like fucking state of office or something that she's just... I know. What Who is can that? say? Who can say? So Obi-Wan says, we're here to protect you, not start an investigation about who, you know, tried to assassinate you. And then Anakin immediately says, no, 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 we will try to find who killed you. And Obi-Wan like stares at him and is like, fucking excuse me, what did I just say? No! I love I love he says you will, like something like along the lines of like, you will take my my lead or something. Yeah. And, matter. and he just goes, why? Yeah, exactly. Obi-Wan like whips his head back to him. He's like, did you just fucking say that? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the senator. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. They, they set up some security arrangements and it cuts to like nighttime and oh my god. Anakin's like beeping on a console. Obi-Wan walks in and Anakin says, Oh, she's covered up the cameras. I don't think she likes me watching her. <laughs> this kid was 100% gonna, like, watch her undress and all that shit. It's yeah. so creepy. Uh, it, like... Can we, can we nip this in the bud? Because otherwise I feel like we'll talk about it for another hour. Every scene with them together, he is a creep. Yes. He is the yeah. creepiest... We'll get into some bits later on when it happens probably for a longer period of time. Yeah. But, like... All of it is creepy. Absolutely, he has yeah. this like, I'm going to peel off your skin stare all the time with her. 
It's predatory. It's incel. It's really fucking gross. It's it's deeply uncomfortable to watch. And yeah. yeah, even to the extent where at the very end of the film, they have a full on like 20 second uninterrupted shot of them kissing. And both actors, frankly, both of them look so uncomfortable doing it. It looks like two seals flying over a fish. It's, it's I awful. Dread, There's no passion in those kisses. I, I dread to think of what George Lucas's foreplay looks like. Oh God. Given this writing that is actually before we move on i think something we should say is that i with all of this i don't think it's the actors we're dunking on because i think all of them are actually doing quite a good job with the lines and the scenes they've been given Mm. i think when we make fun of them i don't think we're targeting this at you mcgregor or hayden christensen or natalie port i think they're all very good look at look at all of them since like yeah exactly an oscar Ewan McGregor, we know he's brilliant in like so many other things that he's been in, and yep. he was brilliant in the film that got him this geek train spotting. Yeah. Hayden Christensen gets a lot of hate for this. I think he's a very good actor. He's a very good action actor as well. He was great in Jumper, which is a film I feel like no one saw, which is another good sci-fi film. Um, but also, more to your point as well, on the not just the dialogue, I feel like Hayden Christensen gets a lot of hate for the way that he talks in this film. I saw it on TikTok. If you take the way that Hayden Christensen talks and then just put the Darth Vader like voice coder over it, it sounds exactly the, the same the intonation. Same. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, through all this, it's not the actors. It is mainly George and his illustrious team that I'm so frankly pissed off at. But and then like- we cut to a scene where a droid sticks two space centipedes into the room. Now, this gets convoluted. So Fraser, would you like to explain? Yes. Yes, I, the, uh, okay. the so, delegation here. Now, I would like to give a shout out to a YouTube channel called The Cosmonaut Variety Hour because I remember watching a video of his on this particular scene many a year ago and he summed it up very well and I'm going to do my best to replicate what he said. Now, Padme is voting against the creation of a army for the Republic. Yes. Palpatine wants her dead. Okay? Because he wants an army because he because wants he a war. Because he wants an army because he wants war. Now, Palpatine wants Padme dead, but he doesn't want to do it himself. So he asked Count Dooku to go kill Padme. Mm-hmm. But Count Dooku doesn't do it himself. So he asked Jango Fett to go kill Padme. But Jango Fett doesn't want to do it. So he asked his shapeshifter bounty friend to go kill Padme. But the shapeshifter friend doesn't want to do it. So she sends a robot to go kill Padme. And if you really want to be an asshole about it and get into the granularity, the robot sends some bugs to go kill Padme. Palpatine sends a man who sends a man who sends a shapeshifter who sends a robot who sends some bugs to go kill Padme. (laughs) What is this film? (laughs) What is it? Do you know, it's actually even worse than that because there's a hit put on Padme by the Viceroy of the Trade Federation, which they reveal later. Yeah. So it's not just there are multiple Palpatine, it's also Newt Gunray, and also Django Fett gives the worms to Zam Wessel. Django Fett then even goes he out of his way. He has the worm! He, he goes out of his way late in the film to go kill the shapeshifter friend, while Padme is alone in her bathroom with Obi-Wan and Anakin out about trying to get the shapeshifter. It makes, oh, it's just so unbelievably convoluted. It makes no sense. But you're handling it well. Aww. His head is currently in his hands. <laughs> Basically, they have an amazing political like argument where Anakin and Obi-Wan are still in like the lounge while this is happening and the bugs are sneaking up on Padme and they're going to get her. 
and Obi-Wan is saying, look, you can't trust politicians. They act in the interests of their donors above the interests of the people they serve. And I'm like, Based Obi-Wan. Oh my god, Obi-Wan. Like, damn, this is pretty good. But they cut this interesting discussion short to go and save Padme's life from these bugs. Anakin slices up the bugs. Obi-Wan sees something moving outside the window and immediately jumps full force, yeets himself through that window. <laughs> he what? yeets himself out the fucking window. On, by the way, this is like the 500th floor. What is his massive... plan? What is he actually hoping to gain <laughs> through jumping also, out of this window? if you recall, he was the one who said, we're not here to investigate who's trying to kill you. We're just here to save you. Yeah. Saved. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Saved. No, no, no. He goes for the bonus objective. Track down the killer. Anakin, use the force. Don't succumb to your feelings. No, no. Jumps out of a fucking skyscraper. <laughs> so... Obi-Wan is holding on to this flying droid. It gets shot out by the shapeshifter Zam Wessel. And Anakin carjacks someone to drive yeah. up and save Obi-Wan. It's fine because they're the space police. He steals a car, commandeers a vehicle, and goes and saves uh, Obi-Wan. And then they are chasing down Zam Wessel, basically. Who also, by the way, has a like side holster for her sniper rifle in the side of her car, which I thought was very cool. A shapeshifter can change their face. Pointless. To, to look like anyone. Yep. Not relevant in this and film. And then... It isn't really hides, relevant, is it? And then hides her face with a veil. Yes. Mm. Why? Yes. You can Why? change your face. You don't need a veil. You are the veil. She also never changes her disguise. No. So yes. <laughs> Like, she adopts one face and uses that the entire time. If you're a bounty hunter slash assassin and you can change your appearance, fucking do it. Especially when you're trying to hide from people who know what you look like. Yeah, when they get to the bar, yeah. having chased her, and Obi-Wan looks at her and goes, oh, it, it's a shape, she's a shapeshifter, be extra careful. She might be anyone. We might have a thing situation on our hands. <laughs> she no. decides to just be herself with a gun pointing at Obi-Wan behind his back. Yeah. Oh, it's pointless. There is a moment where, so after... The droid that Obi-Wan is holding on to gets shot. He yes. ends up free-falling for hundreds of meters. Anakin swoops in and saves him. Yes. He berates him about it. And you get this wonderful sarcasm from Anakin where he's like, Oh, sorry I took so long. I needed to make sure I found one that was the right color and everything. I love their banter so nice. It's like, ah, oh, I see Obi-Wan being a sarcastic prick has rubbed off on his apprentice it's, as well. It's, it's really funny as well because, like, we were saying... All of Anakin's dialogue to Padme is the creepiest thing ever, but his banter with Obi-Wan goes so well. It's so natural. It's so good. Yeah, it's perfect. And then later, during this car chase where they're chasing down Zam Wessel, Anakin yeets himself off the car because people love free-falling, and he just has this most nonchalant, like, maybe you'll excuse me. Yeah. To which, to which Obi-Wan goes, I hate it when he does that. Bitch, you did that five minutes ago. Yeah, but I love their banter. Like, he's done this before. He's jumped <laughs> out of a fucking spaceship to, oh. like, and somehow survived. Oh, it's just like, why does my apprentice keep just attempting suicide for the yeah, for the jokes? <sighs> it's so just funny. He himself out of a moving car. Yeah. So they chase Sam Wessel down to a bar, and Anna, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are looking in this bar for Sam Wessel. Obi-Wan immediately goes to the bar and gets shots. Respect the hustle. Respect the hustle, yeah. Yeah. Gets his apprentice, right, you go find this person. I'm, ju I'm just going to be having shots. See you later. 
Um, and there's a bit of a tense, like, cat and mouse hunting scene as you cut between the characters. No, there isn't. There's no tension in they, this they, scene. They try. It lasts about six seconds, the, the searching. Okay, yeah. fine. But anyway, basically, you think she's going to get Anakin. Yeah. But then Obi-Wan pulls the old classic, uh, a move that serves him well in the future, where mm. he cuts someone's arm off at a mm. bar. Dismemberment in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> the old Obi-Wan trick. Yeah, the Obi-Wan classic. You've also skipped over a fantastic line. Oh. Hey, you want to buy any death sticks? You don't want to sell me death sticks. You want to go uh, You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Do you know what the name of the man who is basically selling cigarettes is? Oh, uh, I used to. Go on. His name, oh, it's in like a classic George Lucas tradition of just bad, Yeah, his name is Elan Sleazebagano. Sleazebagano, that's it. His name is Sleazebag. God, he's such a creative man, isn't he? Actually, in fairness, the scene does produce one of my favourite lines, which is, having captured uh, the bounty hunter, <laughs> Anakin just says to the crowd, Go back to your drinks. This is Jedi business. Jedi business. Could you imagine any other like cult saying that? And it's like, imagine like the, the Spanish English, the Mormons, <laughs> the Mormons. Go back to your drinks. This is Mormon business. <laughs> just having yeah. someone, like. Well, given that they're effectively meant to be peacekeepers, which sounds like really soft language for like elite, pol elite police officers. Yeah. It's almost like someone getting fucking shot in your bar, yeah. and then the police go. The KGB rock up, yeah, shoot exactly. someone, and like KGB, mind your business. Or like CIA, fuck off. <laughs> Christian business, go back to your drinks. This is the Mormon police. Oh, uh, exactly. <laughs> leave us alone. And then, as we said, we, they find her. They try and interrogate her. She doesn't say much. She gets shot by Django Fett, who should be killing Padme, but for some reason is killing his other bounty. But he doesn't. Friend. He doesn't just shoot her head. He has to leave evidence. He has but, to leave or evidence. Else there would be no plot. He so he her. shoots her with a toxic dart from like a mile away. Yes. Now you would have thought like a sniper rifle or just a just one of his pistols would be good, but no, 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 no. We need to leave evidence with a very unique toxic dart. Yes, that can only be from one place. Yeah, mm. which we find out later. But there we go. It is at this point they decide it's too unsafe for the senator to be uh, on, Coruscant on Coruscant anymore. Yeah. So let's send never, her away. Never mind why she came here, but fine. Yeah, let's let's send her away undercover with a teenager. Who has been infatuated with her for a decade and has a proven track record of creepiness. Oh no, don't you worry, Kelly, because this is all part of Palpatine's master plan. You see, he wants to send Anakin with Padme so he can fall in love with her and then he becomes the dark side and becomes his apprentice. Never mind the fact that he's been trying to fucking kill her this entire movie, fucking useless man. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Oh my god. He's staying very calm, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I've ever seen you this agitated. Ever. At least the mic will pick him up this time. <laughs> That's true. We'd have to boost your volume. We get a scene where Padme's packing up her things and oh, Anakin has don't. a whinge. I'm all, that's all I'm going to describe about it. My, 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 my notes have petulant teen mode and fucking creep Padme, mode again. Padme basically just gives him just, just a crumb of acknowledgement that he's matured even a wisp more yeah. than he was when he was nine. Yeah. And it, he then takes this as, she wants to fuck me. In in true incel move, yeah, really, yeah. Now I need to make a little announcement here. In the Phantom Menace episode, I described nine-year-old Anakin as having you a did mod a modicum of riz. No, 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 no. You didn't say he had a modicum of riz. You said the riz is strong with him. Yes. Um. At your collective protest. Yes. I would like to rescind that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Do you apologise for your statement? Yes. Uh, as teenage Anakin is a creepy incel who is horny on main at every possible opportunity, 
I am sorry, I was wrong. Whilst clearly what was strong with him at nine years old has died in the last ten years of being around mostly monks. Mm. Yep. I'm sorry. Th- you should be, yes. No, I'll accepted. accept that. I'll accept that apology. Ana- Anakin's like staring at Padme and Padme says, don't look at me like that. It's making me uncomfortable. Holds stare. <laughs> and Anakin says, I'm sorry, milady. And holds that fucking creepy stare until we like star wipe to the next scene, which is truly something. At this, it's at this point, the movie breaks into two halves. It does. A half I like. Yes. And a half I don't like. Yes. Shall we talk about the half we don't like collectively first? Or should we talk about the half that we do? I think we should talk about the half we like first. Like is a strong word I'd like okay, to point sorry, out. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. The better part of this 40 minute The A segment. plot. I will grant it the A plot. Okay. Oh, so generous. Sir. I know. The other plot is Z plot, so you know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to CSI Obi-Wan. Yeah! So, Obi-Wan's trying to track down where this mysterious and very unique dart comes from when he realises he has an ex-boyfriend called Dex who runs a <laughs> diner. I want to know, I want to know how they know each other. It's, it's, it has to be an ex. Like, the way, like, the, they split up on good terms, but, like, the way Obi-Wan rocks up at this diner, he's, like, fidgeting with his hands and his long sleeves, and he's so happy to see Dex's, hello, Dex! I, I, I think, I think it's just got to be the place that, like, he was doing a lot of late-night studying in Jedi boot camp. I, nah, like, that's that's the old guy who, when you were falling asleep into your notes, he gave you, like, an extra cup of Jawa juice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a student's dream. <laughs> he goes and sees Dex who is this older gigantic fat man with four arms and, and the mustache. worst the worst mustache. He, I've it ever is seen. A, it is a bad mustache. You look, it's it looks like it would hurt to touch and you could polish your boots with it. Another great example of early 2000s going, "Oh my god, we've got CGI. We can do whatever we want. What about an alien with four arms and a mustache? Why not? Let's just do it." <laughs> Yeah, but that's better than a Why? face. It's better than a face changer. It doesn't change faces. Yeah, at least, at least this man can cook. Okay, I'll give him that. De- Dex basically says, oh, look, this this dart, looky here. It's from Camino, this one planet way out in the outer rim. They, they're they cloners. And... Very suspicious cloners. Oh, right. Oh, you didn't, didn't, didn't go see them cloners. No luck catching them cloners then. <laughs> Just, Just the, the one, one cloner, cloner, actually. actually. <laughs> Uh, again, this will develop later in the in the original series. Again, imagine imagine the look on Palpatine's face when his master crafted plan to rule the galaxy is broken by some random diner random chef, chef knowing where a Camino dart comes from. How does he know what Camino darts look like? He's from the Outer Rim. Is he? I think so. I, they don't say anything like that though. Uh, my guess is that you don't go into the diner business as your first venture in life, and it's probably he's been a rough and tumble guy for several decades before. Mm. I imagine he was a rough and tumble like. Oh, well, you think he was guy, like a bounty hunter, bounty hunter kind of thing? And then when he got a good payday, went, "I'll buy a cushy little shitty diner." Run some illegal gambling. Clean my the money back. through it, you know. Clean my yeah. This is definitely a money laundering business. Honestly, Harrison, if you're going to do this entire film of reaching so hard to fill in the plot holes in this film, I'm going to hit you because you <laughs> cannot. I'm not sitting here while you try and justify how this film develops its story. I'm not saying it's developing the story. I'm going off the vibes that this man gives. That's that's fair. So it cuts to Obi Wan uh, in the Jedi archives because he needs to look up where Camino is. And in quite a nice fashion, it cuts to him staring at a bust of Qui-Gon Jinn in the library, which I quite like. Looking quite pensive and staring, and then the worst librarian in the world rocks up and 
distracts him and he's like oh i'm looking for this planet and she's like well it's not in our archive so it doesn't exist you fuckwit i'm the perfect archivist and if if it's not in the archives it doesn't exist fuck you this lady yeah uh master <laughs> jacasta fuck you so obi-wan then uh, finding no luck in the archives he goes to see master yoda who's talking to a bunch of kids <laughs> master yoda says oh let's go on let's look at your map and there's a big empty spot where it should be and you can see the gravity implies that there's a planet there. So it's probably there. Go look there. And all the kids basically say, it must be there, you silly man. This is the one moment in the prequels where Yoda is true to his character. And he jokes to Obi-Wan that he's lost a planet. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. That is the one moment that Yoda will have where he's in proper character from Empire. That's it. That's your moment. It was, I was cute. It's I great. It, no, I it like was it. very cute. You could see how he's good with kids and how he trains the young ones. And why everyone probably loves Yoda. Yeah, apart from like all, is... all, all the stuff that I'm going to get into later with the politics side of it, which is bullshit. And this is why you should hate Yoda. But that side of Yoda is quite nice. He is the Jedi's grandpa. Yes, he shouldn't yeah. be leading them. Anyway, um, Obi-Wan shoots over to where he reckons Kamino is. There is Kamino. Hooray! So he goes down and lands on this planet and he walks in and all the Kaminoans are like, oh my god, finally you've arrived. It's so good to see you. Oh, can we also say that the planet Kamino and also the design of the Kaminoans is gorgeous. It's really cool. Like, they yes. look great. Yep. Uh, also point for the score for Kamino. Fantastic. The yeah. yeah, also fantastic. I will give this, I'll give a film a point for that. Yeah. Like, the Kamino bit. Is glorious. So the Kaminoans confirm the clones. Well, they're making a clone army under the orders of a Jedi called Sifo Dyas, who died about ten years ago. But that's... more than ten years ago. Yeah. He was. He ordered it ten years ago and died around the same time. Who's Master Sifo Dyas? Never explained. Don't worry about it. What do you mean? Don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. He's dead. his actions are the entire reason we're here. Yeah. Who is he? Yeah. It's just Master Sifo Dyas. Well, later on, and they've done a good job with this in Tales of the Jedi, they sort of go into a bit more with Dooku, but yes. For now, we don't fucking know. That was know. 20 years later, Kelly. Yeah, I'm aware of this. How do you make a film where so many things turn up that aren't explained? So this guy, Sifo Dyas, commissioned an army for the Republic. And they assume Obi-Wan is there to check up on it because the order is basically ready and we're good to go, right? Mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan tries his best to sort of pretend like he knows what yeah. he's doing. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> why George, I'm here. George has clearly told like, to you, you don't know why you're here, but you need to pretend like you know why you're here. And it's just some of the funniest like, lines ever. It, like, it is hilarious. He's like, oh, yes. No, I would like to see them. Yes. You'll be pleased to note they're on schedule. <laughs> that's very good news. <laughs> That's good news. Visible confusion. Yeah. It's so funny. But they, they also confirm that the clones are clones of a bounty hunter called Django Fett, who Obi-Wan asks to meet. Why? Well, he's tracking a bounty hunter. Uh, yeah. Used a Kamino and Dart. So there's a bounty hunter on Kamino, sure. Why Bob, Why Django Fett uses Kaminoan poison darts, I don't know. I guess it's probably he was he found it there and he's someone who likes to But he to doesn't actually have any link way. to the Kaminoans. He's yeah, Mando, right? You use what you have, right? If he's on Kamino, they have Kaminoan poison darts. He's like, I'll take these to save the Mandalorian stuff. My understanding of Mandalorians is, no, 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 I'm going to use the good shit. But that's fine. I thought though, like everything is a weapon. Like weapons are their religion or whatever, right? So it's just extent. if it's a weapon and it works, they'll use it. They have a nice scene before he meets up with Django Fett, 
where it's the Kaminoans and Obi-Wan on a balcony looking out over all the troops. And it's quite like, it's quite reminiscent of the Isengard scene from the Two Towers, where Saruman's looking out at Orthanc, uh, Urukai army. I liked that. That, that. that felt very... Fun fact, you know when you look down on the clones and they're all eating food together? That's not Tamora Morrison. Oh, isn't it? No, some other actor. Seriously? Yeah. If you watch the film back, you'll notice that's not Tamara Morrison. And you're like, but they're clones. What, it's not, it's not Tamara Morrison? No, it's not. I can't believe that. It's just that. some other dude. Why? George? Why? George. All you had to do was put him in a chair eating some food. George, it's like a five second scene. Why have you done <laughs> Why did they not even... I... To be fair to them, I think I saw an interview with Tamara Morrison where... They said that they needed something from him, like they needed him to redo a scene. Yeah, or and it was all filmed audio. in London, and it was he all was filmed in, in London. Wellington. He's in New Zealand, yeah. so they fly him from New Zealand all the way over to London, like other side of the world. And he says like two lines, and they're like, "Great, thanks for coming." Uh, yeah, but if, if, they're, if they're willing to do that for that, why not the lunch? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Obi Wan meets up with Django Fett. And Boba. And Boba Remember Fett. Remember Boba? Remember Boba Fett from the original? Yeah. Oh, and also the inconsistency of half the people in that room are calling him Boba and the other are calling, hello, Boba. I think it's just an accent thing. Maybe. Maybe. Also, isn't it really weird that you'd want an unaltered clone of yourself as your child? I I think that's basically just him saying, I want a, I want a kid and yeah. I, don't, I want to know he's me rather than like having anyone else involved. He's not a ladies' man. He just wants a son. He's just a simple man trying to make My his guy. way in the universe. Adopt? Why Why have a, a mini clone? Imagine him getting a mini Harrison. He, Harrison would want nothing more than that. That would just follow him around. Yes, that I know that this is what Harrison wants and it would be fucking awful. You underestimate my power. Mm-hmm. Django Fett confirms to Obi-Wan, they have this like sort of bristly-ish conversation where Django Fett says, oh, I wasn't, never heard of this Sifo Diaz guy. I was recruited by a man called Tyrannus. Immediate red flag. Obi-Wan, someone has been, been hired by a man called Tyrannus. It's a perfectly- Does that not sound alarm bells in no, your mind? No, no, perfectly normal name. All of the villains? Yeah. Just tell the truth. They say uh, what happened. They don't actually. Dooku lies a fair bit in this film. Really? Yeah, he does. I'm pretty sure he says like 95% truth. He tells Obi-Wan the truth. He lies to everyone else. Oh, yeah. But like to Obi-Wan, all of them just go, yeah, sure. Um, Harrison, I met this dude. You wouldn't lie to Space Jesus. Obi-Wan just has to connect that the clones are from Django and Django is in leagues with Count Dooku. All he, that's the entire jump he has to make. Yep. And he, and he solves the war. Essentially. Jango Fett's armor is visible in the oh, cupboard. Oh, that is so funny. It's like, <laughs> look, the, the, the yeah. armor's in the background. Whoa. Yeah. So you as the audience obviously know this is the guy. Um, obviously, because you've also seen his armor and anything. Uh, whatever, fine. He, he talks to Boba and says, close the cupboard. And Obi and then he does. <laughs> he does say it in a different language, though. So the oh, Obi-Wan yeah. doesn't and pick Boba, up on it. And Boba just gingerly walks over, closes the door. And so Obi-Wan is like, all right, cool. So I know that's suspicious. And Obi-Wan's like, have you ever been to Coruscant? Yes. Recently? Perhaps. And it's like, okay. So he's pretty sure he's got this guy. But he can't really, like, call him out on it because he doesn't have any evidence. So he goes back to report to the council and say, I think I found our guy. Also, by the way, did you know about this? There's a fucking big army here that 
apparently Siphodius commissioned, and Mace Windu and Yoda are like, oh, okay. Bring, they don't this, bring this bounty hunter in. They don't react to no. this information. They, they don't care about the army. They're like, okay, bring Django Fett so back. weird. <laughs> okay. Oh, hang on. Sorry, we missed a really important bit, which is another bit of Obi-Wan being an absolute sass man oh, the whole okay. way through. I only picked up on this because I, I heard it. I didn't see it. And then I checked again with the subtitles on when I watched it. When Obi-Wan calls back to Yoda and Mace Windu, he, their contact number to call them both okay, is the, the old, old folks, folks home. Yeah. He calls them the old folks home. R4, route to call to Coruscant via the old folks home. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's like a spy film. It's like a code name, right? You can imagine like MI5 in 1942 being like, Yeah, but it's just send a message to the old folks home. It's like Mason doing Yoda is like, oh yeah, the two old fogies I need to report back to. Obi-Wan goes to find Django and then the fight breaks out. I think one of the better fights in this film. I think so despite there being a chase scene earlier, when I when I was watching this, I was like, "Oh my god, it's we're an hour in and it's the first fight scene of the film." I the the chase scene I had completely forgotten as has a bit of fighting, but like it's it's an okay fight. It's I no, I appreciate that there is a moment where he's like, "Right, okay, lightsaber out." And you're like, "Okay, one has a lightsaber, one doesn't. This will be fairly easy." Gets his lightsaber yeeted out of his hands, and then Obi-Wan just goes, "All right, fine." Who needs the force? Who needs a lightsaber? You will catch these fucking hands. And there's a flying kick straight into Django's fucking head whilst he's mid-flight. He does that. It's fantastic. That is a good move. I'll yes. give you that. It, it, it looks really cool as well because you've got the chrome landing pad, the ship in the background. It's raining. It's, it's drenched in rain. And then you've got the blue lightsaber and the red lasers being shot at him. It looks really cool. Mm, up until they use the same explosion twice within about five seconds. Oh, do they? Yes. Django fires his rocket at Obi-Wan, blows it up. He then flies off. Yes. Boba then fires the guns from Slave One and then they use the same explosion scene to, oh, to catapult off. And you're just no. like, again... It's like, what is this? It's like a million, millions of pound budget yeah. film. Just film two different explosions. Like. Also, this man's propensity to not die from explosions. Mm, it, they're always they're always like a meter in front of him and he gets pushed back. Oh yeah, and then they'll see they fall off the edge of the, uh, the so, platform. So Obi-Wan's wrists are tied by Jango Fett's little zoop thing that he has in his wrist. And then Obi-Wan decides, all right, I'm going to kick you off this platform because your jetpack's broken. Mm-hmm. Kicks him off and then realizes... Oh crap! I'm tied to this guy, aren't I? And says so he looks down and says, "Oh, not good." And then gets pulled off. <laughs> yeah, I, I really little, loved that. His own little monologue to himself of, "Oh, I've fucked up again." Yeah. Yoink! Yeah. He, so he gets yeeted off. Django Fett cuts the rope, and he Obi Wan pulls some Jedi shit, flips back. There's, there's some strong Jedi bullshit, Jedi in, this, bullshit in this episode. He falls like a mile down, I know. and then he like hooks himself on the the thing and and doesn't break his wrist in any way. He's oh, also no, hold, no, no, no. He's More holding onto a string. Yeah. <laughs> like <with> both <laughs> He's holding onto a thin metal wire. He should have lost every Everything. finger he owns. This is a common theme in this film. Gravity does not make any fucking sense. Like people fall down from things and don't get injured. There's a lot of long falls, yeah. But anyway, um, anyway. Obi- Obi-Wan gets back to the ship just as it's taking <laughs> He has off. a fucking sprint. I'll tell you that. He's fallen down like a mile and he's sprinted all the way back I'm up to I'm convinced it's a really fast 
fast lift that takes him all the way up. <laughs> no, 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 Fraser, he uses force speed like he did in episode one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, That speed. time that it was shown for one scene and then never again yes, throughout the entire yes. show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, that one. So he does that and throws a tracking beacon onto the ship as it's taking off and then gets in his ship and basically chases them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at this point I'd like to have a moment to just fawn over how cool the Jedi Starfighter looks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very but aesthetic. also Slave 1 looks banging as well. Slave 1 is a great looking ship. I love the asymmetry of it and the weird like way it's like vertical mm. when in flight and like on its back when it's on the ground and stuff. Also like metal as fuck name for uh To the extent Bounty that Hunter. they've now cancelled it and it's not called that. Anymore. Yeah, it's now called Boba Ship. I just, I love the design. Like it looks like an arrowhead. It's, it's really cool. It's a thing for the, uh, for the like our droid to go in and the they're not light speed capable so they have that mm, little accelerator no, dock, ring dock to bits. allow them to do it mm-hmm. it's so cool. this is why i have lego micro copies of them on the shelf over there um so anyway there's a really cool dogfight in this asteroid field above geonosis mm. as Django fett realizes he's being tracked by obi-wan all of the sound effects for all of the fighters, Slave One and the Jedi Starfighter, are amazing. They yeah. sound so good. And the seismic charges have an absolutely yeah, yeah. fantastic the, the greatest noise sound given to mankind. Mm-hmm. Yes, let's not do an impression of it, but no, we will insert it here for you. The seismic charge. Seismic charges. Stand by. Exactly. It's 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 incredible, but. Um, through some... It's, it's quite a fun dogfight. I quite liked yeah. it. Yeah. Also, Boba Fett is the most murderous child you've ever Shoot met. him, Dad! Shoot him! Fucking kill him! <laughs> yeah, get him, it's, it's, It is even funny because he's such a child actor, like... Just like, having a fun time. He's just having a fun time. Went, fire! See, how much better is that than the wooden as shit child acting from episode one, though? Oh, like, he, yeah. he, he's, he's doing a good job. At I least, like yeah, it. at least he's having... A murderous eight-year-old. Yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's do it. They fire a rocket... At, at Obi-Wan's ship. Obi-Wan's ship doesn't have any, like, missile defense systems or, like, chaff or anything to distract rockets, so he just lobs spare parts at it, which, fine. Again, we get a nice little character moment where Obi-Wan's like, I don't like flying. Yeah, or, like, this you is say, why I like, hate flying. This is why I hate flying. Like, again, it's, it's nice that he had a character trait in this film. Yeah. Where was that in episode one? Good point. Also, earlier in the film when they're doing the chase with Zam Wessel, Anakin's like, oh, sorry, Master, I forgot you don't like flying. And and Obi-Wan says, I don't mind flying. What you're doing is suicide. <laughs> and then later on, he's like, this is why I hate flying. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Nice. I, I've got to say as well, I know he keeps saying he hates flying. He's very competent at it. He's all right. He's not, he's, he's not as good as Anakin. Well, you say that. I don't really think we see much of Anakin being this incredible pilot most of the time. I think we do with the car scene, and I think you do a lot in episode three as well, but... Mm, I wouldn't say in the car I scene. I don't think any more than Obi-Wan. It just, it's not that he's, like, technically skilled. It's that he's a risk taker. I see. Yes. And that lends itself to showy flying and, like, ace pilot shit. Convoluted like. CSI plot of convenience aside, I think Obi-Wan throughout this whole section is actually pretty competent. Yeah, I would agree. Like, there's a sm- slight blunder in the... Oh, he's dead. Oh, how terrible. Oh, I mean, no, it's fine. Um, I'm here to replace him. Take me to the clones. Sure. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, really competent. He's good. The plot is not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a good character in a bad film. Um, he hides out in the asteroids while Jango Fett goes down onto the surface of Geonosis. So Obi-Wan follows Jango Fett uh, from a safe distance down to Geonosis and snoops around a bit. 
Um, it's this desert planet, and all the locals are these insecty bug men, which are quite kind of creepy and pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the the Geonosians. So, um, fun facts separately to this. Oh, you don't know the... tell me they're another race that we've having to destroy. No, no, no. It's not a race. Sorry, thing this time. Oh yeah. Also, what was that comment? No, no, no. Like all the the characters in Star Wars are all like stereotypes of other countries like oh, Saudi Arabia why, and the US and oh, yeah, Japanese no, like uh, their clicking noise is actually a reference to South Africa yeah, no, I read, when you uh, said that, when you say God. fun fact about a species in Star Wars I, I clench up I'm like oh God. you worried that every one of my fun facts is actually racism yeah do you know the Geonosians are actually the fucking Colombians or something <laughs> from the Aztec era I'm like oh no, of so um, Geon- Geonosians are the original designs that they had for the Nemoidians, which are racist uh from Japanese. Japanese people. Um, but the original design for them were the designs that they then used for the Geonosians, and that is why the uh, battle droids, B1 look, battle like droids look like the Geonosians, and why they then retconned it that they're manufactured and designed by them here. Oh, that's so a fun that, fact. that's the, the why they have that really long uh, head with the like little bug eye things, is yeah, referencing them. Yeah. That's a fun fact. So Obi Wan sneaks around in Genosis. He sees a droid factory, um, and he also sees Count Dooku. This mysterious figure is now revealed, and it's Christopher Lee, and that's cool. So we see Count Dooku, and he's trying to form an agreement between the Trade Federation, Techno Union, and Banking Clan. I hope you add this to your list of things that are not explained. We're up to eight now. Together, they 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 confirm together. Oh, the the Trade Federation. So Newt Gunray, the Viceroy, is you know from Episode One. He's there. He's one of those people forming mm-hmm. the, this agreement. They establish together, combined, their three armies will form the largest army in the galaxy, and they'll be able to demand anything they want from the Republic. Mm-hmm. This is a lovely moment of villains explaining their entire plan out in the open, walking around corridors with Obi Wan snooping around. To, to be fair, it was a business meeting where they were discussing their business. Yeah. No, they no the 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 fucking new gunray was like. Count Dooku, have you killed Padme in the corridor? Yeah, he, like, d- he does do around, that. Like, Have you killed them? I, I really want her dead, just so you know. Uh, if there's any Jedi listening, please, <laughs> I'd like them to know that I want Padme in dead. In case anyone's trying to figure out who's behind an assassination attempt, it's me. It's definitely not Palpatine. Such lazy writing. To the extent I don't know if Palpatine is the one behind the hit on her or if it's Gunray or fucking what is going on. Just move on, Harrison, for me, please. Yes, let, let, let's go to the B story arc. So... The B story arc. Oh, that's where we're going to next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it has to happen. So, the B story arc is uh, Adventures of Love and Loss with Anakin oh. and Padme. They go back to Naboo, her home planet, yes. so that she could have some chats with the new queen yeah. and all of the polit- uh, politicians that are there. Um, Interestingly, it- actually, they do establish in this little meeting that if the Republic authorizes an army, the separatists will immediately declare war. So this is why there's this holdup in the Senate about whether an army can be created or not. Bear with me, there is politics. This film is entirely politics, and I'm trying to dumb it down and get you the least amount of politics. After all of this politicking, there is a fun moment where old man Beard turns around and says, yep. what's your opinion, Master Jedi? <laughs> to which Padme says, oh, Anakin isn't a master or even a knight. He's, He's a Padawan. just a Padawan. Which was basically her turning around and saying, fuck you, Anakin. You're just a baby, not a master. Anakin is offended by this factually correct statement. Yes. He then tries to mansplain security details to her. <laughs> 
It's the so woman bad. who has an army of body doubles and security guards. She knows about security arrangements, and this is her home planet. More she than knows more than you, my guy. More than one horny teenager. Oh my god. This is the start of the budding romance of the whole. We're we gonna can, cut we this can very tell the short. Chemistry. Yeah. So they 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 cut to the lamest pickup line of all time. Sand. Can I? Sand. Can I please say it aloud while I make very intimate eye contact with you, Kelly? I don't like sand. It's coarse and it's rough and irritating. And then I go in to stroke the inside of your back <laughs> in the creepiest way fucking possible because all of this is so gross. Also, Pabby doesn't react. No, li at literally all. zero reaction. Not like you, you're smooth. I think that might be a fear response that she's like, if I don't Fight move, flight, maybe right? he won't notice. No, that's just George Lucas being a shite director and not telling the actors how to react. So she just stands there like, oh, yeah. He, okay. turns, her, he turns around and says, unlike anything on Naboo, everything here is smooth. It just goes to touch her skin on her back and then kisses her. Yeah, that that's their first that's, kiss. That's all you need to do to win a woman over. Just chat some shit about sand. Works it's on me. Horrifying. Yeah, every horrifying. time. So then they go for a picnic out in a uh, field, and uh, it's all very romantic. Anakin. However, bear in mind why Anakin is there. He is the head of security, and he is there to stop her being assassinated. Mm. They're in an open field. Anyone could snipe her. A ship could come down from space. There are no trees. There's no cover. This is a security details nightmare. Yeah, they're basically having a picnic in a field full of what I'm going to describe as space sheep. Um, Padme details her first kiss to Anakin and says it's with a guy with dark curly hair. So when we get to episode three and Anakin has dark, dark curly, curly hair, hair, I actually, I quite like that. That's quite fun. And then there's a lot of back and forth where then Anakin, being a teenager with no real understanding of the world outside of the Jedi, mm. basically advocates for fascism to her, a democratically elected politician, and she just stares at him like, well, it's to the fuck, bro? It's to tease her. He establishes that. Oh, I'd be what? much too scared to tease a senator. I don't think he's teasing her. Yeah, I don't think he is either. I think that's a, oh no, I don't like you. That was just a joke. Like, it's basically, he just goes, oh fuck, I made a mistake by advocating for fascism. I'm just making fun of you. Yeah, he definitely played it how off. How can we subtly give Anakin's opinions on how the, the world should be run? And how does he think it should, there should be a dictatorship and I should be the ruler of the entire universe. I don't want anyone to die. That, that's how you do a date. Yes. So they end up, they end up rolling around in a field. And, like, lean in for a kiss. I'm skipping way past that. So, no, here's the thing. They cut away from that uh -huh. before you see them lean in or anything. My question is, do you think they shagged at that point? Absolutely not. No? No, 100% no. Too much of an incel? Yeah. Also, he's just said, oh, yeah, I should be a dictator for life, mate. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. The ultimate aphrodisiac. So, we go to Padme's palace fire, like, lounge. Why is it so dark? It's very dark. It's very romantic. And Padme's definitely not into this guy. We definitely shouldn't hang around next to a fireplace dressed in the sluttiest outfit I own. Oh, what a shame it would be if something would have happened between us. It's... She's 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 saying no to him at every stage and like oh that kiss was a mistake but then it's like what she does is the exact opposite of that so consent is important and at no point is she like yeah go for it but at the same time she's saying no whilst all of her like yeah. every other move is saying yes 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 yeah it's it's confused much like a lot of this film not not from her from direction standpoint yeah the direction is confusing um because we're on the b story arc i'm gonna mention the politics oh do you have to i do have to it's important because it's <sighs> jedi bullshit 
there's a scene where, after hearing back from Obi-Wan, Mace Windu and Yoda are talking. And Mace Windu says to Yoda, oh, I think we should inform the Senate about our lessened ability to use the Force. What? What, Why? what, what lessened ability to use the Force? What the fuck are they on about? They can't see the future because everything's clouded all the time for convenient yeah. bullshit. Oh. But, but it, it, it gets you into this Jedi are playing politics with the Senate more and more and more, and this is why the Jedi are fucking losers. I don't care. I'm watching Star Wars. I don't want to learn about this. (laughs) I will say, a lot of the dialogue that you get in the scene with Padme and Anakin in that very dark room, Mm. it almost, by the prose, feels like it could be Shakespearean. But it's also so out of place. It is the least naturally flowing conversation I've ever heard. You get shit like, I'm haunted by the kiss that you should never have given me. (laughs) And my personal favourite line, I know we all make fun of, oh, I I hate sand. I wish I could wish away my feelings, but I can't. I wish I could wish. He also says, you're asking me to act rationally, and that is something I cannot do. (laughs) (laughs) No. What are these lines? No. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Again, great actors trying desperately hard to salvage something something out of this script. Anakin and Padme go to Tatooine because Anakin has bad dreams about his mum, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to speed us through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. don't need to go in, into no, all bad, the detail. Bad dreams. Mum's sad. I'm abandoning my post. He meets up with Watto and basically says, tell me where my mum is because she was your slave. I sold her. Yes. And to a guy called Lars. Griegs. Um, out, in a, out in a moisture farm. So they go to this moisture farm. Anakin meets up with his stepbrother and Lars. Uncle Owen. There you get introduced to Uncle Owen and his girlfriend, Baru. Um, and Lars is there, he's missing half a leg, and he's like, yeah, your mum's dead. Tusken Raiders took her. Yeah, another great moment where they say Tusken Raiders are vicious, mindless monsters disguised as men. Another dehumanising moment of another culture. Yes, I I picked up a lot on this, and it's very, obviously, racist towards them and all that sort of stuff. They walk like men, but they're unthinking savages. We rounded up a party of 30 of us to go track them down, and only four of us returned. It's such a colonialist manifest destiny white woman kidnapped by the natives so we rounded up a posse but we got beaten back because that we were ambushed by the savages sort of thing it's like it's yeah. really bad yeah it's terrible the desert people who you know have lived here for generations the natives, the natives yeah. basically but it's okay because look it's the moisture farm where luke is when he in Yay. episode four remember this this just means that now we have to think of luke as another settler and colonist he is yeah but i never i never made that connection until this film of oh no <laughs> they're also the bad guys so anakin goes to track down the tuscans i know that we dog pile on this film a lot but Duel of the Fates playing yes. while Anakin speeds off at dusk to hunt down his mother's captors on a speeder actually fucking rules. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I mean, the whole setup for it is pointless. The whole point, yeah, I agree. But the shot, beautiful. The score, incredible. The vibes, immaculate. It, it, it's a good moment. It, I don't like it as much as you do, but it's a decent moment. The song is carrying this. There's yeah, of course the song's carrying it. It's Duel of the Fates. Oh, it's also, he's got like the I'm gonna fucking hurt people eyes. Mm. It's very intense. I think it might, I can't think of a better scene on one of those speeders. So Anakin sneaks into the Native American, sorry, Tuscan camp <laughs> to free his mum. Oh, when we talk about sneak, he goes on a super secret stealth mission and to get inside the tent where his, with his mum, turns on a white laser sword at night to sneak in. <laughs> 
So he frees her. She promptly dies. This makes him upset, and then he proceeds to murder a hundred people. She. There is a sweet moment. I think the scene is quite sweet, where she says, "Oh, you've grown up so handsome." Like she gets to say all the motherly stuff. Oh my god, my stuff. son, you fucking fit. No, just she does it in a really mother. <laughs> no, way. I know, I know. I'm joking. She does it in a really mother. Oh, like oh Annie, you're so handsome. Look at you. You're all grown up. I love you. And then dies. Yep. Perfect timing, by the way. Great for her to die just then. I I have a fucking thing I need to say here about the role of women in Star Wars, and especially in this film and in the third one as well. George Lucas has his really bad tendencies, right, with with his approach to women, ignoring the, the whole like, oh, there's no bras in space and all that weird, creepy shit, right. Mm-hmm. So in the prequels, women are fundamentally the reason for Anakin's fall to the dark side. When the dark side aren't trying to murder the women that yeah, after perceive after perceivably losing the most important woman in his life, he murders everyone and says, "I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them, and not just the men, but the women and the children too. They're like animals, and I slaughter them like animals." I hate them. Yeah. He would then go on to do this again after losing the most important woman in his life again, but just do it to the Jedi instead of sand people. Yeah. So so Anakin's mother brings him into contact with the dark side, probably really for the first time. And he returns to Tatooine to play the white knight and has to save the woman. Um, you know, and he fails and then he goes, right, I can never be this weak. I need to gain power and all this sort of stuff. In Revenge of the Sith, it's essentially the same thing as you said, Harrison, where he's brought to the dark side again by a woman. And in both instances, the women are never really given any agency. They're just sort of there. It's sort of as a plot point. Mm. Padme has stuff in the animated stuff, but in this, she's pretty much like damsel in distress, right? Yeah, in the original series and in the prequel series, women are definitely I feel underserved. like Princess Leia has some agency in, in the, the sequel, originals. In the sequel, sure. In the originals. She's not so bad. In five, she's like commanding stuff. In five, yeah. In four, no. In four, no. This is true. But also in the original trilogy, it's also up to a man to solve this situation. Every time, yeah. Yeah, like women Every have time. fucked this up. It's sounding like you're saying that the sequels improved things. I don't know where you heard that, because I, I didn't say that. The women are in charge in it. There's such a Mary Sue thing with Ray. I'm not even going to go into. I look forward to that discussion when we get to it. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> I will say, I know it is a, like, we talk about uh, Anakin just going on a little bit of a murder spree, and it's a bit of a trope, but I always buy into the trope of, you killed my mum, dad, child, as a very justifiable reason for just, I'm going to murder everyone in the, like, next hundred meter vicinity who's remotely attached to this i feel like it's concerning that someone with that level of power and ability to do that should not be in a position where they can do something like that yeah i'm just i'm thinking of other things that it's worked for me for which is like i know that you hate the marvel films but like when iron man does that in captain america where it's like yeah 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 i don't care he killed my mum, so i just i'm gonna go fucking ape shit and i'm there the whole time like yeah, understood. Go for it. I don't have anything against a bit of a, a bit of revenge. Like it makes it, it makes sense for the character. I'm mm. not I'm not saying it's badly done. I'm just saying that Conce- yeah, concerning that he could just do it and no consequence. And also the way women are treated in the film as, as a whole. But yes, yes, also that. So, um, Anakin tells Padme all of this. By the way, oh, by the way, I murdered a hundred people, including women and children. She doesn't see this as a red flag. She's like, well, everyone's human, you know. Again, another character not reacting to something on screen. We've all committed crimes in the heat of passion, Jimbo. What? He committed war crimes. He did do war crimes. He's... Jar! He's going in the jar! Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. 
Palpatine's theme is playing in the background while they're chatting about him murdering 100 people, which I quite like. That was a nice little touch. But anyway, um, Obi-Wan has tried to transmit a message from Geonosis from what he heard about Dooku and the droid foundry. He can't contact the Jedi Council because they're too far away, so he tries to contact Anakin on Naboo, except he's not on Naboo, and he gets a little fucking annoyed at him, being like, what the fuck is he doing on Tatooine? Fraser looks like he's slowly slipping into a depressive state. Do you know, this is when we were chatting about, like, watching this. Um, I watched this in four separate ways because it I got so angry every time I watched this film. I had to stop, pause, and go away for a bit before coming back. <laughs> I, I will say I watched the first hour and then had to stop just for, like, other reasons. But I will say it's, I think, one hour and 50 seconds into it is where the... Django and Obi-Wan fight yeah. starts and I think that's where the film gets good at the very least it gets interesting if you cut the B plot it's fine <laughs> it takes 40 minutes for Obi-Wan to get to Kamino yeah so anyway Anakin and Padme relay Obi-Wan's message to the council uh, that he you know has found Count Dooku and the Trade Federation and they're building an army while he's transmitting this message he gets attacked by droidicas so Mace Windu says no stay where you are but Anakin and Padme go to go rescue him so they fly to Geonosis themselves so pa Padme basically gets a loophole of no your orders were to protect me I'm going so you have to go and I will say, this is the one bit where they have a chat to each other, where there is a flirtatious chemistry, I believe. Aggressive negotiations and all this sort of stuff. No, no, just, just where she says, well, I'm going, so you're going to have to go with me. Actually, quite a good character moment. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's flirty. It, like, she sort of gets a moment of, like, I'm actually taking some agency, so you're just going to have to deal with it. And, like, he cracks a little smile of, like, she's doing this for me as well a little bit, but, like, it was a sweet moment. It's the first time I believed they liked each other. I, I would say Padme has as much attachment to Obi-Wan as Anakin, probably, considering all the life-saving work he did 10 years ago for her. But yeah, so she has her own reasons for not wanting him to die. Now we get to no, no, Geonosis. No, 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 we don't. We don't? We don't because we oh, have politics first, Fraser. Oh, I don't want to listen. Oh, is this fucking Jar Jar it's causing the entire war? Jar Jar. So it's clear to the Senate now, they've been told... The Separatists have joined up and they have a big fucking army. Bail Organa's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're not having an army. I still don't want us to have an army. Do we need this? Yeah, I think we do. Ugh. The Chancellor, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, says, Oh, well, if only someone would vote me emergency powers and then I could use this clone army. If only Padme were here. While staring directly at Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks is the galactic patsy of this whole God. thing. Yeah. He actually starts the war. He does. Is it weird that I hate him less for this than his presence in the first film? He's played a bit more seriously in this film than he is in the first. Yeah, he's not comic relief in this one. He is to a bit. They still make him dumb because when and he's they, talking they, to the Senate... They keep him consistent in the way that he talks. This is true. But he's not the butt of the joke. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. He's not actually comic relief. That role goes to 3PO in this film. We haven't mentioned 3PO turned up. We haven't. We'll get to him, no Jar Jar Binks goes to the Senate and says, we need to give Chancellor Palpatine um, emergency powers so he can create an army. He also says Delo Felegates instead of fellow delegates, by the way. Just noticed that. And I was like, why Why did they do that? George. Anyway, 
Um, Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, Chancellor Palpatine. Supreme Chancellor Palpatine says, "Oh, thank you very much." They don't even hold a vote, by the way. They're like, <laughs> no, they don't. A, a number of people yeah. clap. No vote is held. Like, apparently, th- this democracy is so fucking crispy weak. One person can suggest the Supreme Chancellor having emergency dictatorial powers. I think they do a load of chanting and, like, cheering, and I think it's the idea that everyone has pressed the button yes at the same time. There's no way everyone would have done that. Stop. I'm going to hit you. Stop. (laughs) They don't show any of that. says, give this man all the power in the universe. Everyone claps. Some people clap. Some people clap. You don't know if everyone claps. They show you three people clapping. And then Palpatine stands up and goes, I love democracy. Yeah, exactly. Supreme Chancellor Palpatine... Takes. I, I need to get on with this because the politics please, are never going to end. Supreme Chancellor Palpatine says, thank you, I'm going to use this to create an army. And once the crisis is over, I will give back these powers. Mm. The, again, this crispy, weak democracy doesn't have an automatic limit, time limit on the emergency powers. You don't have to reconvene to have another vote in six months or a year. No. You just have them for life until yep. you get... What the fuck is this democracy? This is outrageous. Yep. Another wonderful plot hole. Mace Windu says, I'm going to round up the Jedi and go help Obi-Wan. Yoda says, I'm going to check out this clone army on Kamino. Why? Why would Yoda go to Kamino? I don't know. But the man does. who's like the mystic ways of the force and how beautiful it is. Why is he going to an, an army depot? He wants to be a general. <laughs> he doesn't though. He, he like This is this is character assassination on Yoda's part. It, it should be the other he way around, be, if anything yeah. else, right? Also, why does Mace Windu think he's going to send the entire Jedi forces to go to Geonosis? He actually says, I'll round up what Jedi we have left. There's again this implied, oh, the Jedi are overwhelmed and failing, but there's no evidence of it. They, He's just gone to the break they room just in the Jedi it. Temple and been like, hey, does anyone go have a fight on Geonosis? Yeah. And they've all gone, yeah. Is, all it right. more, is, it, is it more that they're spread thin and so he's just getting the ones that are still like chilling out of the temple back from disputes? Every scene in the temple, there are Jedi everywhere as well. It's not like, oh, there's two or three left. But is are they like, are they like functional Jedi in the, like, you know, not already the librarian, on assignment. the Jedi cleaner the jedi gym owner like i don't know but again there's no war jedi going physiotherapist. on there's no war going on so what are the jedi thin on the ground doing petty what? trade disputes there's so many trade they're keepers of the peace they're what they're fucking negotiators short negotiations <laughs> carry on let's go to geonosis and the oh and oh we got to go to the cgi fuck fest and the fucking it is truly bad <laughs> welcome to cgi fridays oh god Okay, Padme and Anakin go to Geonosis and they get there before Mace Windu and all the Jedi. And they're sneaking around trying to find out. They could be anywhere on the planet, by the way. Like, but fine. Do we want to talk about the Christopher Lee bit? Let's let's do it because he's so funny in this scene. Because Obi-Wan's being held hostage in a floating gravity (laughs) mind. Yeah. Spinning around and and Count Dooku being such a fucking dickhead walks in the opposite direction. (laughs) So as we're having this conversation, Obi-Wan is turning anti-clockwise and Count Dooku is walking around clockwise. Just to fuck with him. (laughs) Just so so as Obi-Wan's point is being finished, Count Dooku then walks out of his eye line and he has to wait for himself to turn around. Obi-Wan's constantly turning his head to try and see this guy. I will say in a in a film that has quite a lot of strange dialogue and a little bit wooden acting either by just the nature of the bad dialogue or weird choices by George Lucas. I think Christopher Lee is doing a masterclass of good acting in this film, given the dialogue. He is actually convincingly charismatic and like stern. 
Well, to the extent that I like Count Dooku, I don't think he's that much... I could see his point. Do you know what? I know I ra- in our very first episode, I ranked him quite low. I like him a lot more having rewatched this film again. That's good. And I, I and I watched Tales of the Jedi, his his episodes again recently, and I'm I'm fully on board the Dooku train. Fuck the Republic. Dooku. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Count Dooku tells Obi-Wan... The truth. He tells him the truth. He tells him a couple of things. He says he wishes Qui-Gon was here, and he reckons Qui-Gon would have joined him. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan calls him a traitor and all this sort of stuff. And, and he says, well, you know, I was going to tell Qui-Gon the truth about the corruption in the Senate, and if, if he knew the truth, he'd join me. And I think I'm going to tell you the truth, and you should join me. And he tells Obi-Wan... The truth. The truth. He tells Obi-Wan that the Senate is controlled by the Dark Lord of the Sith. Sidious. I don't think he actually says it's Sidious. He just says the I Senate. Think he, I think he says the name. I'm Does pretty he? sure. I watched it this morning. I think he, he says, says Sidious. I, yeah, the Dark Lord Sidious. The, the problem with this film is everyone says it's being run by this guy. Insert name here. Apart from every character that they say this person with this name has mm. two names and no one ever connects A and B. Like it's the, oh, yeah, I met a man called Tyrannus. Oh, I'm looking for a guy who's potentially linked to Dooku. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, same dude. Same yeah. dude. O- Obi-Wan just doesn't believe him, which, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> he basically went, nah, you're a bad guy, so fuck you. Pretty pretty much, yeah. He also says, oh, the Viceroy came to me 10 years ago after he was betrayed by Sidious, and together we want to work to take down the Sith. So join me and we can destroy the Sith. I think he's telling the truth. He is telling the truth, 100%. New Gunray got fucked over by Sidious. Yeah. And he's like, well, this sucks. It's Help du- me out, buddy. Du- Dooku's trying to play both sides with limited information. Yeah, I think he plays both sides pretty well. I, I think he does too. I think he ends up being made the patsy in the next film, but I've got at the on, moment he's doing a good job. On my notes, I've got from this point on, the film is so much more interesting. Yes. Because the B-plot is over, essentially. Apart from one scene, which we will sadly have to go into. I don't know what you're referring to. You are such a slut for a walking, like, theme park ride. You love the water scene in the first film. (laughs) You love, for some fucking reason, the factory scene in this film. I fucking love the death trap obstacle course in the factory. I don't I I love it. I think it's great. Fraser's looking at me like he's going to be sick. (laughs) I do! I do! It's just pointless CGI. It's so bad. I love it. I like that it's like uh, it's something that is threatening outside of just the villains. It's actually hostile to them. You have this uh, agency that you actually get Padme doing shit rather than just kind of being a convenient uh, plot point. She's I running disagree. around trying to escape stuff. There's a lot of action. She going has to on. get saved again by, by, R2. by R2D2, but only after she's been basically surviving the obstacle course can, can, on her Can own I just say bit. what happens? They, Anakin and Padme are tracking down Obi-Wan and they find the droid factory and they jump into it, basically. And then they're on a production line and have to avoid getting killed. There's no health and safety, so yeah. Yeah, and I... I've, but, like, there's also so many fun references. Like, I know you're gonna hate this, Fraser. The moment where Anakin gets his arm caught in a piece of sheet metal that, like, gets pressed onto him... We know from the original series, the only thing... I know that we now know that Vader has basically four prosthetic limbs. At the time, you only knew he had a right robo-hand. So, the whole way through this prequel series, you're thinking, well, he has to lose the hand at some point. When does he lose the hand? When does he lose the arm? And you have this moment where it presses down, you're thinking, oh shit, is this it? Nope. But it's a fun little reference to, he will! 
He's going to lose the hand soon. I didn't enjoy that. You're reaching so hard with that analysis. Also, his lightsaber gets cut in half. And just just doesn't Again, by the way. He gets a, again, Obi-Wan's going to kill me. The best part of this... Foreshadowing? No, not that way around. <laughs> C-3PO has a Kafkaesque nightmare in the factory <laughs> where he is tortured. His body is replaced and he, against his will, becomes a killing machine. <laughs> I love it so much. It's just this very dignified droid going, Oh no, what is happening? This is a nightmare. Ah... Yeah, and R- and just R2 just did it to him. Like, this is fully R2's fault. <laughs> R2's a fucking sociopath. Also, R2 has rocket feet now. Oh, which yeah. I love. Sure. Um, I Fine. I go, like Jetpack R2. He doesn't have that in the original. I'm assuming they ran out of fuel. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. I was going to say, in this uh, in this whole scene, there's a wonderful bit where, uh, in, in the filmmaking process, where Padme's in, like, a big sort of, like, bucket that's been filled yes. with lava. And they and, trick you. And they tr- <laughs> the thing is, is that she she neither reacts in yeah. any way to this happening. There is also a fantastic moment where the camera <laughs> zooms in on her to give you the added tension of, oh, is she going to hit him? She might be in danger! It's oh, no, such a funny filmmaking decision. It's fantastic. Uh, they, for some reason reason as well right when anakin like you mentioned when his lightsaber gets cut in half this is this factory makes no sense like there 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 are i don't know what the fuck they're trying to build here but they have four like they have segments of repeating four 20 foot massive meat cleavers slamming down this isn't how you forge things why do they have massive fucking guillotines it's what is going on tech. we don't need to know and and this scene, by the way, lasts about eight years. It is awful, and it never ends. It's pretty brisk. Ugh, it's so long. It's like four minutes. So they get captured at the end of this scene. Mm-hmm. So why did we need the whole escape the factory assault course? For the tie-in video game. Ugh, so bad. <laughs> yeah, that is it. Isn't it? It's the tie-in video game to make an obstacle course level. They get captured by some droids and Django Fett. Do you know what? It's probably also me being your dungeon master in our <laughs> D&D game that I just love the, oh yeah, a trap obstacle course to fill time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're set to be executed in the Colosseum. Yeah, I also, I love, like. I love the design of this Colosseum hive. I like it. It's really cool. All of the Geonosians that... Because there's... they're insects, they live in like these hive sort of termite mounds. Yeah. And the Colosseum is like built into it, this big ring. It's really cool. And that there's like, there's no doors or windows because they just fly they in just from fly. the top and yeah. like grab a seat, I guess. Ticketing must be tricky. I agree. Why? Why are they being executed in a public way? Why aren't they just killed? Well, this is the point Newt Gunray raises later. <laughs> Shoot her or something. <laughs> Which, yes, you could have done that from the start, my guy. Also, Django Fett is the one who captures Padme, who, if you remember, was the one who had been hired to, to kill, kill her. her. And then he has her at gunpoint and he doesn't kill, kill her. Why? Instead, we go through this bullshit, like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a, a fucking gladiator moment. I, again, why? I, I... Again, it's this time. It's not the tie-in video game. It's the tie-in toy sales. They want the three monsters that you can then buy at the Colosseum <laughs> arena for your action figures. But I still think it's cool. I like the monster designs. We have three very I like the monsters. space monsters. We have Space Tiger with spider eyes and a rat tail. That's mm-hmm. a Nexu. We then have a uh, Space Rhinoceros. This time it's got three horns and is a little bit red. Yeah, that's called Reek. And then a giant green 
space spider mantis. Yeah, mantis thing. It's an acclay. Nice. Um, I like all three of them. I like them. Um, I just think it's fun. There's a bunch of Geonosians on space horses with lances. Yeah, just like sort of going, go on, off you go. Come on, go go do the killing. Anakin and Padme are in a little cart and they get driven on. But before they get driven onto the Colosseum, they profess their love to each other. Awful, awful dialogue. I love you truly deeply love you oh it's so, it's so bad. funny it's so funny because she says all this like i I've, I've been deeply love you since i saw it and anakin again doesn't react and he's just like me like what <laughs> yeah he's yeah no really seriously <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you were also going what yeah no he's reacting how i'm reacting yeah what do you mean you're in love with me what? no you don't no, you don't <laughs> i think it's quite a funny thing though where she basically says i said no because our lives would not allow us to be in love because I'm a politician, you're a Jedi. This yeah. would be complicated and impossible. But if we're both about to get murdered, fuck it. I'll get a shag off a teenager before I die. Thankfully, they don't. <laughs> yes, they just have a quick snog. Um, so uh, they're, they're led onto the Colosseum and there are th- like a bunch of pillars where they tie up the prisoners. Obi-Wan's already tied up there. This is such a good moment. And he just... Like, his initial look as they're, like, ridden on, he just stares at them. He's like, what the fuck are they doing here? Just, <laughs> it's, it's so he's having a moment of, bitch, you had one job. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Hello, Master. We came here to rescue you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yep, best bit of the film. So good. Oh, so, it's good. so good. So the creatures are released and try and attack them. Obi-Wan twists and the Atlay smashes his chains. Anakin jumps up and rides Reek. Uh, and Padme climbs up on top of her pillar, having picked her lock with a bobby pin that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At which point Obi-Wan looks over and says, What about Padme? Oh, I think she's on top of things. <laughs> As she's on top of this 30-foot pillar, but fine. Oh, also, uh, at this point, the what are we calling the space tiger? Nexu. The Nexu. Uh, the Nexu climbs up the pillar, slashes at her back. Yeah, I like, noticed this. I and, know exactly what you're saying. I'm going to say it. George, you dog, yeah. turning the space tiger's claws into an excuse to get Natalie Portman into a crop top and leggings. So it scratches her and a, a third of her top is now gone. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it's just removed. You see the claw marks. Yeah. Which is fine. And then you just cut to the thing falling off. Fucking George. Those sharp claws caught on the fabric and just tore it. George, be better. And Anakin rides around on Reek and smashes into things. Oh, and then, he, yeah, so he smashes around a bunch. He gets the rhino to Reek to pull up, pull up to her pillar yeah. after she's kicked, the, on. Uh, kicked the tiger. And then she does a 20-foot jump down onto this space rhino. Right onto its spine. Crotch first. Yeah. yeah. And doesn't shatter her pelvis. Nope. Gravity does not work in this film. What? How, yeah. What? <laughs> has she got, like, cybernetic genitals? How How has she not just split in two by She is a rich thing? senator. She might. She just jumps 20 feet straight down. Whack. Yeah, it's... You are correct. Gravity doesn't work in this film. M- Mace Windu crashes the party at this point, which is a really cool scene. It is cool. So they're... they're why does he crash the scene? Why does he just kill them? Why? He has a perfect opportunity to kill Dooku and Behead end the Django war before it begins, earlier. right? Yeah. Instead, he puts his lightsaber, so he's approached them all behind in their like viewing box, right? So Newt Gunray, Count Dooku, and Django Fett are up in this box viewing the execution. Mace Windu 
from the shadows emerges behind them, ignites his lightsaber up to Django Fett's neck and says... Foreshadowing. It's, you know, I'm sorry to crash your party. It's all over. You know, you need to stop this sort of thing. Why not do it to... Dooku? Why not have the blade to Dooku's neck if you're going to threaten Dooku? My my guess is that the Mandalorian is the most obviously armed one. He knows Dooku. They've worked together in the past. They're yeah. old friends. The a thing Dooku has... says like three times. Yeah, but the other guy has like visible weapons on him at the time. No, Harrison, it's because the Jedi are the keepers of the peace and they wouldn't just <laughs> mow down people willingly in a in a combat situation. Well, maybe, so he just, maybe he just hates Mandalorians from, you know, history. Maybe it's badly written. Mace Windu crashes the party. All the Jedi uh, were somehow hiding amongst the crowd of bugs and no one noticed. Again, what is their plan? So they all ignite their lightsabers, wave them around a bit, and are like, aha, we're here to rescue Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme, I guess. She's here too. Sure, fuck it. Let's do it. And Count Dooku says, oh, you're impossibly outnumbered. Brave but foolish, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And then a stompy, stompy, stompy of a whole all the bunch battle droids. A B2 battle droids, which are new battle droids you haven't seen before, and they're cool, and they're, like, alpha, basically, aren't they? They're wide They are wide boys. And they have Although no neck, they and absolutely, they have a big fist. They absolutely skipped leg day. They did, yes. They are gym bros. Yeah, they're gym built bro. like a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this so, fight is just... Just yeah. So, well, that basically, the 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 droids start opening fire on Windu. So he then turns around and uses his lightsaber yes. to stop them blasting him. At which point, Django goes, "All right, let's not use any of my lethal." Here's weapons. something you can't deflect, though. Yeah. Fire. Let's cook him. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think. Yeah. That's he torches move. his uh, bathrobe, robe. He and so he derobes as he jumps through the air down to the floor, deflecting of the a couple of shots while he's falling. It's, it's a pretty, pretty cool. impressive feat. Yeah. Again, gravity doesn't exist. So you can no. just jump. But you, yeah. I'm convinced there's a level of force cushioning for a Jedi that if they jump a certain distance, they just basically go, nah. So the, the fight's going on, and Django Fett is up in the balcony. <laughs> he's quite a respected bounty hunter. We've seen his skills yeah. in the show. He's good at shooting people um, from a distance as well. Is, yes, he's very good at shooting people from a distance. He looks down at the <laughs> melee going on. There's battle droids, there's Jedi, there's, there's two big monsters flying around, and he decides that... Instead of being safe mm. on the balcony, he's going to fly down to go after Mace Windu, who he's never had a conflict with in this film. Yes. He doesn't go for Obi-Wan as some sort of revenge. He doesn't go for Padme, doesn't who, for Padme, again, he could have killed earlier but didn't. Who he's bounties on. He goes for Mace Windu. And, you know, kind ensues. He gets in a bit of a, a, a ruckus with a rhino, space rhino. His jetpack gets fucked. His Jetpack gets fucked. And now he's stuck in melee range, yes. which, not a good move. Not a great move against a Jedi. Well, I, he doesn't realise his jetpack's fucked. I think he does. No, he doesn't. So there's a... Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. No, please um, do. So in the initial fight with Obi-Wan, yes. uh, like way back on Kamino, when Obi-Wan is closing down with him, he gets up close so he can use his pistols like at like a shorter range. And then as the Jedi closes in, he blasts his jetpack and blasts away so he can stay at a distance because he doesn't want to get up close to a Jedi. Sure. When Mace Windu is closing down on him after he's got his jetpack fucked by getting run over by a rhino, as Dooku comes in for the swing, you Mace see Windu. the blaster's thrust. He wants to jump away, but because the backpack's fucked, the thrusters don't go. So he's still there when the sword swing happens and gets his head taken off. Mm -hmm. He was meant to jump away but doesn't manage it because of technical difficulties. What is the Jedi protocol for ending a fight and a diplomatic solution? Oh, we, we, we behead? Okay, great, cool. That's, yeah, okay. We're beheading people now? 
Peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. <laughs> Sorry, in pieces, keepers. <laughs> no, Anakin, don't kill the younglings. Don't murder a galaxy. I wonder That's where he really that bad. From. We Jedi don't do that. Ad- <laughs> admittedly, if he's wearing Beskar Mandalorian armor and Duke and uh, Windu knows anything about them, I refuse to believe he he'd knows probably about have to go for a seal rather than cutting off any bit of the armor. So the neck joint might be the only place he knows he can just sweep. Stop. <laughs> Final warning. Stop. <laughs> you know, you know, Beskar was, you know, added in after this. Yeah. Like spice. So yeah. come on. Anakin and Obi-Wan get given lightsabers and they break themselves free from their bindings. Mm. Um, C-3PO has body dysphoria until R2-D2 gives him affirming surgery. Do you, do you want to do a, do you want to do a bonus round of uh, 3PO quotes in this Coliseum fight? Because they are <laughs> actually quite good. Please. So, I quite like them. So he's, he's there. He's got his head is on the battle droid, isn't it? And yeah. He, he shouts, die, Jedi's come. Oh, God, what is happening? <laughs> I made for peace, Kit, not war. Kit Fisto then force pushes him over and then a super battle droid comes out. He goes, uh, excuse me, uh, please help. I'm, uh, I'm down. R2 then comes over, pops Such, his head off. Suction cups, pops his head, pops his head and then off. as he's been taken to his body, he goes, this is such a drag. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he gets to his body, he says, oh, I'm quite beside myself. Yeah. It's some absolutely fantastic 3PO <laughs> it, is, it is good. They're having fun with it, at least. They yeah. Are. So we get a good old Jedi bash. Personally, I remember loving this as a child. I'm still quite fond of it as a man. It's okay. My issue is... When, when the fight sort of dies down, so basically all the Jedi end up in the arena fighting an endless waves of battle droids and are beaten back and forced into like a defensive circle. We then pan out as the shooting dies down and it's a really, really, really poorly layered CG shot onto this arena where they're all standing. It's clearly a, a shot of the arena with them standing and mm. then they've laid on the battle droids after. But at a slightly different angle... So the perspective doesn't line up and the droids at the back are in like, it, it's wrong. You can see that they're not touching the floor. Despite oh, so being they're like floating thing. kind of thing. It's, it, it, you only really notice it if you pause the film. Yeah. And I paused it at this point to, I don't know, make some notes or something. The, the, yeah, there's a, there's, a few, there's a few weaknesses in the CGI that I don't think could adequately be handled at the time but you'd now notice years later like there's a little bit of floating head syndrome as well where they clearly put an actor's head on a cgi body and it's like yeah then we get to by far the best bit of the film so best is such a (laughs) generous title (laughs) generous magical way of saying it's just not being shit yeah yes it is the best so the jedi are beaten back in this circle dooku mocks them a bit and is like yeah surrender you're all gonna die if you don't and they say no fuck you bring it on and then yoda appears with the clone army it's the attack of the clones Yeah, uh, he comes down with a bunch of gunships around the survivors, a perimeter create. All the shooting starts up again. Um, and, you know, basically the choppers land and pick up the Jedi and they escape out of this arena, right? I think it's quite cool, quite fun. And I love LA-80 gunships so much. In my head, when you said that, the choppers land down and it's just like, and at this point, during the violence, you start playing Fortunate Son. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the, the ships, the gunship design is absolutely fantastic. Oh, oh, oh. All the, all of them. Yeah. They look fantastic. The, the AT-ATs, the, yeah. the Venerators. Oh. ATTEs. ATTEs, sorry. And they're actually acclimator assault ships. They're not Venator Star Destroyers at this point. Nerds. 
Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. What the fuck are you doing? Who invited this girl onto the podcast? <laughs> fuck me. Uh, there, there's quite a nice scene. Dooku escapes to the Geonosian Command Center where he lies through his teeth to all the like Trade Federation separatists there. He says, I don't know where the Jedi got this army from, <laughs> despite him being the one who commissioned it in the first place, which yes. is quite funny. Um, he also says, okay, we need to get the fuck out of Dodge. And we have all these secret plans for the Death Star that I'm going to take to my master on Coruscant. They'll be far safer there. Mm -hmm. So he grabs them and and ditches. Mace Windu and Yoda, all the Jedi basically go to like a forward staging area. And a really nice moment is Windu's given, uh, like he lands, he gets off his LA-80 gunship and he meets uh, Commander Pond, who is in the Clone Wars and he's like... The, he's like the Captain Rex to Windu sure. in, in the Clone right. Wars. So he meets him there first, and that's like canonically him. And then they just... Which is quite fun. And Charge! Commander Pond <laughs> says, oh, I have five special commando units uh, for your command, which you play as one of them in Star Wars Republic Commando, the video game. I will make this podcast about Star Wars Republic Commando. That is a gorgeous game. It's fun that we each have our hill to die on. You, that video game, me, the sequels, and Fraser hating this film. (laughs) Why does Mace Windu know about fucking war tactics? He's a keeper of the peace. Why would he know about tactical abilities in in warfare? Mace Windu is like notoriously a real violent Jedi. Like he's an absolute dog. You, you say that, but he's like an absolute bitch to the council. Like in Tales of the Jedi, he's like a whiny little, oh, oh, we need to follow directions and all this stuff. He plays politics and he's a good fighter, but I don't think he's a general. And this is half of the issue that they talk <laughs> well, about. He's not a general. Because he just says, all right, let's fucking go. And just runs Runs into the oncoming fight. Yeah, Jedi are not good military leaders. And this point is made multiple times through the Clone Wars animated series, which I think does a really good job of it. But it's a really, really cool, massive scale battle between the Separatist army and the clone army. This beats the hell out of the battle in episode one, where there was, what, a thousand droids? Oh, it's visually delicious. So in this, there is a million B1 battle droids. And all the rest of the stuff on top of that yep. versus like 300,000 clones. I think it's 200,000. It's 300,000 clones. Oh. I looked this up on Wikipedia. This this was my favorite mission to play in uh, Battlefront 2. Uh, you, Battlefront 1 as Battlefront well. Battlefront 1 as well. Both of like them you are get incredible. The, the spider droids with the lasers. You get the hellfire, wheel, droids. the hellfire droids I love against, them. against the clones. Like this is that. The really annoying thing is, is that this is really good Star Wars, and I, I'm so annoyed it's a at war. how we've got to this point. You're annoyed In the that stars. It, you had to deal with all of all this film this. for this ten minutes. Because all I want is this. Yeah, every every time when I was a kid watching this film. I didn't want to watch the rest of the film. No. I wanted to watch this end bit. And that's still true to this day. But also Yoda should not be giving out no. tactical orders saying... Absolutely not. Focus your fire on, on the nearest, nearest starship. starship. Yeah, no. Yeah, how do they know that? <laughs> Yoda, what the how, fuck how are you doing? How does Yoda know any of the this? The force resides in all of us. It connects us. It binds us. Kill that fucking ship. Kill it. <laughs> Kill it now. Yeah, yeah. Character assassination. Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, actually, so that starship that Yoda shoots... It comes crashing down and there's a massive dust cloud sandstorm. And it's possibly one of the coolest looking moments in the prequels of, you know, it's so dusty dust storm. You can't really see anything, but you have the clones going forwards, shooting into the dust. Red lasers are flying forwards. Black, blue ones are going out. It it's great. Amazing. It looks stunning. Really cool. Um, Anakin and Obi-Wan, along with Padme, she's in their chopper, are chasing down Dooku. Yep. They, they just 
see him randomly on his speeder bike going to his ship to escape. Yeah. They in, just in, happen in, across him. We talked about how great the CGI was. We then cut to uh, Christopher Lee clearly just sat on like a pedal chair mm. and they just went, yeah, just, you know, react to the things around you on the green <laughs> screen and we'll cop you in. And so he's just sitting in sort of like a bike position and just sort of amb- ambiently just admiring. Oh, look. And Occasionally the looks behind and him. And like, look left, look right. Look sort of pensive about it all whilst he's speeding at like Mach 10 across this desert. No, no, wind, no windscreen either. Like no. his face is covered with bugs. No. All he needed was the uh, the steering wheel to then just like, you know, sort of oh, turn it yeah, left yeah, and right yeah, so he's yeah. going in a straight line. It would have... I love it. Uh, but yeah, so he's he's like getting the fuck out of Dodge. I'll be, I'll be honest, all of the reactions in this film are not good. Yeah, no. Um, but you have them say, oh, there he is. Let's go get him. Anakin tells the pilot to shoot Dooku. The pilot says, oh no, we can't. We're out of rockets. About 40 seconds later, you can see when Padme falls out of the ship, they like bump the sand. There are some ships shooting them in the background. You can see fucking rockets on the wings. That's the only weapon this gunship has as well. Yeah, never mind the, the blasters at the front, the lasers at the side. Can't shoot no. Fuck it. No, nothing. Out of rockets, which we're not, by the way. He then sends fine. his two bodyguard ships to yes. shoot at them. They hit them on, like, the wing or something. This causes a little cajoling, which causes Padme to fall out alongside one trooper. Yep. Uh, to which Anakin goes, No! My girlfriend! I only <laughs> yeah. just got to kiss her! He's, he doesn't want to go back to his body pillow. Yeah, he basically just says, We need to stop everything now. Fuck the guy who is responsible for starting a war. I need to go rescue my new girlfriend. To which Obi-Wan basically goes... Shut the fuck up, you simp. If you <laughs> land, I will kick you out of your house. Yeah, that is that is what happens, yeah. Basically, yeah. I, I want to make a, just an entirely separate point here. Because you see, really see it up close in all of these shots where they're not really reacting to this high speed that they're doing. Um, we've talked about how great Obi-Wan's hair is throughout mm. all of this. Anakin's hair is not good, but also... As someone who had a buzz cut over the summer, I'm looking at my future and I do not like it. <laughs> There's going to be that ugly phase where it's just sort of tuffed. It's going to be a rough that. Christmas. I'm going to see if I can glue one of those like Padawan rat tails to the back of his head and see how long it takes for him to notice. Oh, They're disgusting. Please. Just get like a hair extension with a braid from some girl and just like, <laughs> trail it along. If Anakin had jumped out of the gunship, we would have been spared one of the worst lightsaber fights. It It is dreadful. Of all time. Can we, can we actually get to that? Let's do it. We're nearly there. Uh, so we get, yeah, we get to Dooku's hangar. We have both of the boys turn up to fight Dooku as he's getting ready to basically hop on a ship and get the fuck out of Dodge, uh, but like out off planet. Obi-Wan's like, we'll take him together. And Anakin goes, nah, fuck this guy. Runs up full force as fast as he can and immediately gets his shit rocked of just tase thrown into the wall and he's steaming. Steam is coming off <laughs> of his limp body as he's stuck in the corner. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Obi-Wan says on the way over, I can't take Dooku alone. I need your help. And then he's like, fuck, I can't yeah, take like, Dooku alone, aren't I? You tried to kill my girlfriend. I'm going to fuck you. Um, so Obi-Wan just says, all right, fuck it. Uh, tries to have him in a fight. It's actually not bad as a fight. It's, it's, it's all right. It's not good. It's not bad. No. But the fight with Obi-Wan is like, 
on par for sort of prequel lightsaber fights. Yeah. It's fine. It's not um, as good as Duel of the Fates, obviously. Obviously. It's, it's but fine. It's, it's serviceable for what needs like to happen Dooku's here. I like Dooku's lightsaber. Yeah. I like oh, how he's yes. a duelist. Do- yeah, it's really Dooku's cool. whole pose and like lightsaber he's design refined. and posture. He's like a fencer. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's like a fencing rapier or yeah. like a saber. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's got that like crooked handle to it. Mm. And it, I think they, from memory, they deliberately chose that because Christopher Lee had a background in that form of sword oh, play. Cool. So they designed the saber around that. He doesn't actually do any of the no. fights because he's, you know, a hundred years old when they're filming this. When he does the posing where he basically puts his sword up to like his to line up with his head and then mm. like back out. That is how he would actually start a fight with that sword yeah. if it was a real sword. Yeah. It's quite cool. Um, and then we get to like a decent fight. There's obviously it's a body double and they've head replaced Dooku to look like he knows what he's doing. I think it's okay. It, it, it holds it's up for, you know, early two thousands. Yeah. Um but then and then Obi Wan loses because mm. he gets effectively clipped on the arm that his lightsaber arm and then clipped in the leg mm-hmm. um, and he's now collapsed he's dropped his lightsaber there's nothing he can really do Dooku goes in for the killing blow at which point Anakin force pushes himself across the entire room blocks the shot and then Anakin picks up or gets handed Obi-Wan's lightsaber everyone lobs well. at him yeah. yeah and gets a du- very short dual wielding spin attack it lasts about four seconds yeah um, I know it's quite brief, but I do appreciate that over the prequels, it does feel like they kind of try to level up the ridiculousness of how many lightsabers we can have in a fight. <laughs> Where first one, it's okay, one guy with one lightsaber yeah. versus one guy with a double-ended lightsaber. This time it's, nah, I'm, we- I'm dual wielding. And then by the time we get to the next one, it's four, motherfucker. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and uh, yeah, basically the dual wielding spin method that he goes for Doesn't lasts work. about four seconds. His lightsaber in his left hand gets cut in half and thrown away. Which Again. means that Anakin has now had two lightsabers severed in about an hour. Um, he then has this awful lightsaber fight. No, which... they, they just stand there they yeah. and wave, wave their lightsabers in front of their face in pitch black. So it's like a, it's like you've got a glow stick in a club and you're just like waving it. And also they only really do close-ups of their face it's where you really see the bizarre. light shifting from left to right. The thing is Anakin cuts the power to make it go dark. Yes. Presumably going for stealth but he's holding a glow stick. I think he, do- I think he does it because he's a teenager and he's like Fucking style point. You yeah. better not start, all right? I'm a pissed off him <laughs> at this point. You better not start over there. <laughs> He's a shithead. He likes breaking things. Also, it's fueling Dooku's ship, so... Ah, that might be actually why he look, cuts the fuel line. Look, the two of you, I'm going to have... I'm going to fight, <laughs> all right? <laughs> You've got to stop doing this. I'm Honestly, this terrifies me before we get to the sequels, what you're going to say. Um, but yeah, so we have a lot of close-ups, so you actually see it's Christopher Lee, but it is just a red light moving around his face and a blue light moving around Anakin's face. Yes. At which point he just disarms him and I don't mean his weapon, I mean he physically takes off Anakin's arm and then force slaps him across the room. So so while this is happening, they they like clash swords a couple of times. Anakin stands still. Dooku is standing facing him and then does a spin backwards. So his back is to Anakin. Anakin could literally just, like, stab him, but oh, yeah. he doesn't. That's fine. Anakin's extremely obliging. and stands perfectly still. And then when Dooku finishes his spin, he moves his, le- his right arm out mm-hmm. so Dooku can slash it perfectly just below the elbow. He just lets him cut his arm off. And gets yeeted across the room over to hit Obi-Wan's limp body as well. Yeah, then Yoda comes to save them. Why is he by himself? 
I don't know. He was with an entire fucking battalion. Just of turns it by himself. Well. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't bring the army. How does he know they're there? How does he get there? How does yeah? How does he know they're there? How does he get there? Why is he by himself? The force. Oh fuck off! <laughs> but my vision is clouded by the dark anyway, side. Yeah, our lessened ability to use the force. At this point. Yoda and Dooku play a little game of force catch, where it's, I lift something and throw it at you, you lift something and throw it at me, both of us catch it, and then put it down gently. I mean, it's kind of like the bit in episode 5 where Vader hurls stuff at Luke, but Luke is not good at the force, so doesn't know how to respond. Yeah, whereas this is like, um, no. No. I taught you, uh, bitch. There's just no energy in it at all. There is no energy. Oh, it's slow. It's yeah. very slow. It's not good. Uh, and Yoda can deflect force lightning with his hands and redirect it if he wants to, or absorb it if he wants to. Yeah, or just like crush it, which I thought was a nice touch that he basically goes, nah, yeah. I'll just. I quite put like that. that. Out. That's cool. Uh, but it's also established that Yoda was Dooku's master, so he taught Dooku. Yes. Although I assume that everyone had Yoda a master at some point if he's training all of the toddlers. It's at this point, I think Fraser may have a stroke, but uh, we have Dooku <laughs> say. We are far too powerful in the force to have either of us beat the other. It is clear that neither of us can win this through so our abilities in the force. Let's have a little lightsaber fight. Mm. I'll um, the blade. At which point, Yoda turns into a whirling dervish of lightsaber mayhem. I know that Fraser probably thinks not true to the character. In spite of that, I think it looks incredible and is the best fight scene in this film. I think you're wrong. Best fight scene in this film... No. Looks visually stunning. Actually, I'll give it to them that the fight, that the fact that he's fighting nothing and it's just a CGI green ball bouncing around, I'll give them props for that. Is make this it the one instance of good reaction? Yes, good reaction. Yoda shouldn't have a lightsaber. Oh, he should be like Palpatine where it's all his stuff is based on like, force. Yoda's entire character is that he is one with the force and peace and should always find like a peaceful situation. He's the one Jedi. He shouldn't have a lightsaber. He shouldn't, he shouldn't a good find point. a solution with Count Dooku by fighting him in a sword fight. That's just not... He also shouldn't point at a ship and say, yeah, blow that one up. I, um... <laughs> like, there are, there are thousands of people on that ship, you know? I think I saw this on, uh... It was, like, Mr. Sunday Movies or something. Like, oh, another video, like, someone talking about, um, episode two. Wait, mm. what? Other people do this? Yeah, it turns out. I thought we'd call them the market. Yeah. Shit. Um, it was... <laughs> I cannot remember if it was like assistant director or someone like a an AD, someone in the writing room, someone, I cannot remember whom, yeah, yeah. said that the fight between Dooku and Yoda should be a battle of minds rather mm. than a lightsaber fight. And it would almost have been like a psychic fighting thing, which is like they're both pushing at each other and like the ground around them is breaking from I the like power that. of the force. I like that idea. Uh, to which George Lucas went, nah, lightsaber fight. So the best, the best part of this fight for me... And I'm going to reveal a little secret Stop to you using the word best in context of this film. I <laughs> uh, know, but I think you will like this bit, Fraser. So, throughout this film, I noticed this and it blew my mind. So I hope it will yours as well. Go on. Are you familiar with Lego Star Wars, the video game? Yes. Now, in this video game, there are some quite interesting death sound effects. Mm -hmm. The Yoda one in particular, you've just heard as this fight scene happens. There are two others that come from this film, and I've traced all of their exact moments. You have Obi-Wan's when he's in the fight with Jango Fett. Uh, get that? Uh, yeah. yeah. We've got Anakin's when he falls off of Reek. Uh, and then we've got Yoda's. Uh, all three uh, 
all three come from this film. And I think that's the best part of this fight scene that we get the Yoda death noise. Lego Yoda death noise. Lego Yoda death noise. Dooku manages to end the fight with Yoda by doing a little sneaky thing of uh, another little bit of force catch where he shatters a beam using the force whilst he's having a little sword fight with Yoda, which then forces Yoda to have to stop what he's doing so he can stop this giant pillar from crushing Obi-Wan and Anakin. Whilst he's having to focus on that, Dooku says, Peace, everybody! Hops onto his ship and gets the fuck out. There are no Republic gunships nearby, despite the fact that as he leaves, four clone troopers run into the building. Mm -hmm. Where did... They're, they're clearly... He also just doesn't leave. There's, there's an extended amount of time when Yoda has saved Obi-Wan and Anakin, and Dooku's ship is still there. There is, not, there is actually a gap. There is actually quite a, a size gap. I, no, I noticed this as well. So Yoda could stop the ship in some way, but he chooses not to. And, and Dooku just flies he away. Could, yeah, he could have like shoved his lightsaber in. Also, why did he need to hold it up? Just push it back yeah, so it he doesn't do land it, on them. Well, I'll tell you why, Fraser. It's for the plot point, isn't it? There's no plot in this film, Kelly. <laughs> have I not made that abundantly clear? <laughs> there is plot. It's just is bad. It, is it... Is it that, like, when you're trying to hold something that, like, the bigger the object, the simpler your thought has to... Like, he's not thinking, push. He's thinking, I need to hold it up. What, hang on, what do you think about how the Force works? We've had no insight as to how the Force works. It just seems to be that you can do less the bigger and heavier the object is. Pull a star destroyer out of orbit. That's never happened canonically. Oh, uh, it makes me so sad. I love Star Um, how do, we, how do we feel about Yoda being fast? And jumpy. Um, I agree with Fraser. He should be old man who doesn't fight and use his mind. I, I, 100%. Yeah. I don't like him turning into a spinning rat creature of... Because, obviously, like, the moment that the fight is done, he goes back to being... Old. Hobbling on his walking yeah, stick. Yeah, old right. hobbly guy. I have a feeling that his body is old and hobbly, but... He, he channels the force yeah. to be able to... He's, <laughs> he's puppeting his own limbs with his force... Powers. Do you think he's claiming disability benefits? Probably. <laughs> he's a Jedi scum. <laughs> he will be. Anyway, Dooku escapes. That he does. And he goes to Coruscant. And he meets up with Sidious in an abandoned tower, which is the same one that they show in Tales of the Jedi, where he kills Yaddle. I in noticed this old this. abandoned building. I noticed. It's I never really picked cool. up on it during yeah. Tales of the Jedi. And then when I saw it in this, I'm like, oh, that, that's yeah. that. So Dooku's secret base on Coruscant is just in an abandoned tower. Which is quite cool. I quite like it. And he meets up with Sidious there and is like, yep, everything's going. Good news. The war's begun. Let's do this, baby. Here's the, here's the USB drive for Yo, the yeah, Death here's, Star. Here's, here's that Death Star you ordered. Um, Obi-Wan tells Yoda and Windu what Dooku said, that the Sith control the Senate. They're like, nah, don't believe it, mate. No, nothing to look into there. No. But we should play politics more because I like politics. Mm. It, was, it was the Sith operate on secrets and lies. So you can't trust him. But he just said that there are secrets and lies all throughout the Senate, <laughs> which we should investigate. Don't worry about uh, it, mate. It's fine. Yeah. It then pans over the clone army on Coruscant, yeah. laid out with, a, I think, like 18 Acclimator-class ships up in the sky. There's like 32,000 troops on the ground. It looks amazing. This is a big fucking is it, army. Is it the Imperial March playing in the And the Imperial well? March plays. It's so cool. It's a good ending. Absolutely love it. But we go from the good ending where it should have ended to 
the secret unlock you've congrats you've been played here's the bad ending anakin and padme have gone back to naboo and they're getting married and they have they've kissed twice they, but fine they have r2d2 and 3cpo as like witnesses they're to officiating their yeah exactly <laughs> no there there is a human officiating. there is i know but, but like it's like oh there. you need two witnesses to a marriage do droids count? Yeah, here's my, you know, imaginary friend I made when I was nine, and here's my fucking garbage can. Let's do this. <laughs> and then there's the 20 seconds of Padme and Anakin kissing at the end, which feels really forced and awkward and awful. Yeah, yeah it it feels like, again... What a bad way to end the film. Yeah. You could have cut on the begun the Clone Wars have, pan over the army. That's a good ending. Yeah. Why? And then directed by George Lucas. I'm surprised da, da, he doesn't, da, 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 da. I'm surprised his face doesn't appear on the screen with like fingers pointing out going, Ey! The biggest that happens shit in the next eating grin. <laughs> yeah. Genuine he makes a cameo in the next he one. Does, yeah, no. Before before we do the jizz score, I want to get this off my chest. I want to explain why I hate this film so much. Yes. This film has so many great concepts. So much of the Star Wars we love stems from this film. Specifically the Clone Wars, doesn't it? Yes. Like, you think of Order 66, you think of Ahsoka, you think of Cad Bane, you think of Bad Batch. Everything that we really enjoy about Star Wars, I think, stems from this film. Yeah, I agree. The the, the the original trilogy as well has some great moments, but I think a lot of what we've enjoyed, the Mandalorians as well, the entire Mandalorian aesthetic yeah. like really gets blown up for this. Yeah. So this film is, I think, the most important film in the franchise for the content and the stuff that we enjoy as Star Wars fans. I think I agree with you. I despise how long they've had to do to fix everything that they did wrong in this <laughs> film. And that's why I hate this film so much, because the the concepts are so good and yet the execution is just so abysmally poor that this is they're having to do all this reparative work that is all the works we like <laughs> and i'm i'm so annoyed of how much stuff we could have been watching and and consuming if this film had just been half decent is is this like you're like mourning over the dark ages or the burning of the library of alexandria imagine what we could have had if this was better i mean no cuz I don't know anything about history, but yes, I get your point. I think this is Fraser's Roman Empire. It might be. <laughs> I'm just so disappointed in how bad this film is and how convoluted the plot is and how much they go into stuff that doesn't matter. And yet it creates so much joy and fun and entertaining moments from it. And so I can't hate it. And yet every time I watch it, I do. <laughs> I can't hate it, but I must. Yeah. <laughs> I... Wow. So this is like torture for you in that you will yeah. always feel conflicted about this film yeah and that's and when you say like oh can't wait for the, the, the sequels i don't really care about the sequels like the the content that came out of that is not important to me this one is important and that's why it, it, it matters so and much. that's why it hurts yeah <laughs> oh. yeah i yeah I, I think i'm there with you in all fairness yeah so jizzcore hey now we cut co we cover this every single time as to what each letter of the jizz score means. I think we need to mention something about the jizz score before we get into our jizz scores. Some terrifying news has happened. Yes, breaking news. Jizz isn't jizz. Well, jizz is being retconned by Star Wars because they're fucking cowards. Disney, I hate you. They've established 
in a fucking magazine of all things that jizz is perhaps no longer the canon name for space jazz. I am outraged. I will not have this. They say jizz isn't the real name. They say space jazz is known as jats, but in some seedier parts of the galaxy it has different meaning or different words for it. This is awful. Um, yes. I refuse to acknowledge it. Uh, it will always be jizz to me. True jizzers for life. True jizzers for life. But, like This will be my Han shot first. I will put this on <laughs> yeah, cheap yeah, exactly. t-shirts. Yeah. It's jizz. Not jats. It's jizz not jats. Hashtag jizz not jats. <laughs> Hashtag still jizz for me. <laughs> we can get that trending on Twitter. Not for the right reasons, but we can do it. Yeah. So quick recap. Uh, J is for Jedi bullshit. I is for intergalactic politics. Z is the snore factor. And the other Z is the zoom. It's the fight scenes. So let's start off with Jedi bullshit. What do we think? Oh, it's strong, isn't it? It's quite ah. Uh, there's egregious. so much. It depends. I ha- do you want to go by quantity or quality? We have we ha- you have this question every time. I know it's but- a combination. It's whatever your heart tells you. Uh, okay. Um. This is a, like the higher the number, the bat, the worse, right? Higher the yeah. number, the worse. Yeah. yeah. Ah. So with all the shit with Yoda and Mace Windu saying mm, clouded is the force, blah blah blah, and also just the shenanigans of these guys are all apparently invulnerable. Until a laser sword hits them. Nine. Kelly? I am... I'm torn between eight or nine. I'm going to go eight and a half. Eight and a half. There's no gravity. The force is clouded. Like, Obi-Wan is really sensible, but it feels like everyone else has a lot of bullshit. There's just so much. I will give it props that the bullshit is contained to aspects of the force that are fine <laughs> we're not healing anyone from death that is that is a good point so i will go with a i'll go with an a and a half as well yeah but it is bad also it's not even like force bullshit for me as well the jedi being like oh we need to play an active role and get into politics oh and the jedi we're spread too thin and we we can't have it no you're fine quit yeah. bitching the archives they're no fuck off <sighs> Actually, yeah, the archives add a little extra bullshit. I'm still happy with my score. Yeah. <laughs> intergalactic politics. Oh, boy! I hope you love intergalactic politics, because that is this film. This is this this is the film for intergalactic yeah, politics. Yeah, it isn't is, it? isn't it? I'm honestly impressed that it might be more intergalactic politics than Phantom. Like, it, that's, is, it is. Yeah. It, I mean, but, yeah. like, you wouldn't have thought it before you watched it. No. From memory, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. This one is the Colosseum... Space yeah, antics, you, you remember Star the good Wars. half an hour, not the hour and a half of setup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. Go on, what's your score? 10. Uh, you, you're going with 10? Yeah. Yep. Is it, it, Same here, 10. Uh, Don't feel peer pressured, but... Well, I'm trying to think, in the existing canon, is it the most political film? Probably? In my mind, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anything goes it, over Do you know this. what? It's politics that leads to a war. After that, the next one is just war, and there's less politics. So, yeah, yeah, I'll go 10. 10. Nice, 10s across the board. Who has seen that one coming? <laughs> That's a 10. Snore Factor. How boring is this film? <laughs> Four. No! No way is it that low! Fuck off! Okay, in my opinion, <laughs> there are four parts of this film. Okay. There is the start, mm. there is the A and B plot of the second act, and then there is act three. I think the back end isn't boring. I think the front end is a little bit boring, but then you get the chase scene. I think CSI Obi-Wan is interesting and fun, but all of the Anakin plot is really dull. So I'm giving it a four. I'm giving it a seven for about the same reasons in that... Fair enough. Basically, the last half an hour is interesting. The rest of it, I could 
you could condense to 15 minutes. Uh, small facts for this film. It's, I mean, I wasn't bored watching this film. <laughs> really? So unbelievably incandescently angry. <laughs> but the fact that it takes 40 minutes to get to Camino, and that's when I think the plot starts, yep. is horrible. There's so much bollocks on Naboo with Anakin and Padme, yep. which is awful. I don't really like the the ending all that much. I'm going to go eight. They, they could definitely have cut the assassin dart bullshit at the start and just gone, yeah, there's an assassin. We know they're from Kamino. Uh, I can't something. believe I'm much more forgiving of this film than you two when I feel like I'm less of a Star Wars fan. It's because we're bigger Star Wars fans. Maybe. This crime must be addressed. But you guys talk about the prequels and Clone Wars with such love all the time. Yes, I love the Clone Wars. I don't love Attack of the Clones. Okay, fair enough. And the zoom, the, the fight scenes. So uh, here, a, a, a higher score is better. Oh, so here's the thing for me. There's a lot of zoom in there this. Is a lot like of zoom. The, On quantity, quite a vast amount of lightsaber usage in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think any of it's the best, but there is a lot of it and is quantity its own quality. Well, Napoleon famously said quantity is a quality all of its own. Mm, yes. Which Jedi was that? Was he the one that looked a bit like a dinosaur that got shot off the balcony? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's um, that one. I will give it a seven, because whilst I don't think there's anything great, I'm happy to see a lot of laser swords. I think seven for the Jedi fighting. The clones will whack it up half a point, because there's a war, and I like that. Yeah, I mean, Anakin... We're not addressing that. What? <laughs> there's war, and I like it. Yeah, well, it's fucking interesting. Something is happening. It's called Star Wars. I quite like star politics. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> um, I'm scoring this a three. That 10-minute sequence in Geonosis where the, the CGI clones are fighting the CGI battle droids, <laughs> that's the best bit. Yeah. The rest of it's just terrible. Okay, fair enough. There's a two-and-a-half-hour film of window dressing for your 10 minutes of joy. Mm-hmm. I think we've done a very good job considering the tangents we've been down to be able to summarize it. I think we've done good work. <laughs> yes, oh, more than everyone. fucking film. Okay, so... <laughs> The scores are in. So out of a possible minus 10 to 30 is the range. Harrison, you scored it 16. Okay. I have no reference for how good or bad that is. Kelly, you scored it 18 and a half. Okay. And I scored it 23 and a half, (laughs) which means Attack of the Clones scores 58 on the Jizz score. Ooh. And you remember... The Phantom Menace. Now, Fraser, you have the actual figures to hand, but I think it was 52 and a half. I, I also see it as 52 and a half. Oh my God, no. So this this D&D was 53. This film is five and a half points worse than The Phantom Menace, and I think that is daylight robbery. That, it is that, shocking, isn't that it? That can't be right. The, the maths isn't mathing. How? Is it? Are we all? It's so because loved? we all went ten on politics, right? Because yeah. there's so much politics. You gave it a four for Snore Factor, and then a seven on fights. What do you expect to have? You scored it sixteen. Uh, yeah, but Phantom hurt me <laughs> to watch. Yeah, the issue with your Phantom scoring as well, though, is that you rated the final fight scene so highly that you absolve the rest of the sins of that film, I and think, I think I that's think, the wrong approach I, to I take. I think that's true. I think. Duel of the Fates made me forget all the bad things in that film, whereas there is no equivalent redeeming feature in this one. Yeah, that's how that's happened. 
Anyway, Attack of the Clones is our lowest scoring movie. I'm happy to see that. I never want to watch this film ever again. Never mind. Talk about it with you fuckers trying to help it out at every moment's <laughs> notice. Let it die in its grave. Maybe for our 100th episode special, many, many years down the line, we force him to watch it. <laughs> Clockwork Orange style. <laughs> It it is. I like. I agree with what you say. That it's such a shame that the Clone Wars and all the other associated brilliant media was born from this. It's really. I mean, it's really impressive what they've done given the source material. If anything, it makes them stand out even more as how incredible yeah. they are. It shows the stark difference between mm. George Lucas being left on his own and Dave Filoni being yeah. left on his yeah. own to pick up the pieces. At no point am I saying George Lucas doesn't have great ideas. It's clear that he does. It's a mastermind for what he's done. But my God, when he's left by himself, he's just not a filmmaker. You just need someone Rush, constantly... Rushed execution. You just need someone constantly saying, no, 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 George, are you sure that's the right idea? Do you, do you think... Maybe this is a more wider debate, not necessarily about this episode, but before this series of films, mm. there wasn't really any series of films that had done more than a trilogy. So do you think it was a case of George had all of these ideas that had he been given the green light and the budget, he probably would have made six films to do all of the prequels instead of the three that we got? Because effectively we get the, here's how our characters start out in Phantom. You then get this one of just start the Clone War, and then the next one is end the Clone War. Whereas you probably wanted to get more happening here that all kind of gets cut because we need to get start and end, and all the meat's gone? Uh, no, because in Phantom, he spends so much time on characters that don't end up... Living. Living. True. Why Why is Qui-Gon the main character? Why does Obi-Wan not get any screen time? Why are we introduced to Anakin when he's nine and we get this prophecy about midichlorians and him being Why Jesus? do we even need Qui-Gon Jinn if, if, if we're... What? If the purpose of the prequels is to set up the original trilogy... Yeah. You should obviously focus on Obi-Wan. Yeah. Right? Because that's a character that goes all the way through. Why would you... Yeah. Why? Why do, we, why do we keep making up villains for our heroes to fight? It would be interesting to have one villain that they fight across a whole trilogy. But can we can we end this, please? It's like the sequels, isn't it? <laughs> Shut up. No, Harrison, because the main villain gets fucking sliced in half for no apparent reason. Anyway, no, we're not getting... No. no. I think the fact that the main villain was the whole way through. His name's Ben Solo. Uh, <laughs> please, can we just end my suffering here, please? Please. <laughs> I think we should do the right and honourable thing and take Fraser out onto the balcony and throw him off. Thank you. Good night, everybody. So, everyone, that was our review of uh, Attack of the Clones. We will never speak of this again. <laughs> Please make sure to follow us on social media at Scarif Resort on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, um, Harrison posts all the time. I did actually tweet today. Did you actually? Yeah, that well, says well to me that you're not on Twitter. I uninstalled it ages ago before it got rebranded. Yeah, well, that's a great message to send to our listeners. <laughs> If, if, if you're on that nightmare where you can pay to have fascists yell at you, go check out Scarif Resort Radio on it. There might be a meme or two. <laughs> there might be a meme or two. Yeah. You can see our wonderful Photoshop of Qui-Gon the space col colonialist and Obi-Wan the space racist. With his make Naboo great again hat. See you next time. Ta-ra. Goodbye there.